It's the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up. Welcome, everybody, to the show. We've got a stacked one today. We've got a shitload to talk about. We've got shitloads to talk about. This is the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up, a three-men, one-fall podcast, and your hosts for today. It's me, Ash. And I am Russ. Welcome, everybody, once again. So, big weekend of wrestling we've just had. Yeah, it's amazing what can happen in the space of a week. Yeah, I know, yeah. Crazy time still for for being a wrestling fan, both good and bad, really, um, over the past week since our last episode. I know. Isn't it mad that we're doing one a week after doing the last one? <laughs> Un- <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable, Jeff. Today is Sunday, the 14th of November. We are not yet 24 hours removed from the Full Gear pay-per-view, but um, we have got a few things to cover today, so... Um, yeah, I think we're going to probably start with the show that I watched uh, on Friday, which was GCW's Evil Deeds. We're going to be talking about Full Gear. Of course. Uh, we've got news on the Lucha show that's been cancelled due to death threats. We're going to talk about the, the former Bray Wyatt's Hollywood career. Mm. And we've got Xavier Woods and his financial dispute with WWE over Up, Up, Down, Down. We'll be talking more about the WWE releases. Yep. And we've got Corey Graves. Uh, hinting towards a return to the ring. We'll be talking about Survivor Series predictions. And finally, we will be reading out your comments on social media about what the last wrestling show you attended live was and your experiences uh, from those shows. So before we kick things off properly, uh, I see the former Bronson Reed has debuted for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, um, it was after a match between Moose Moose and uh, Juice Robinson. Nice. Um, after the match, I, th- I think Moose won. Right. And after the match, the former Bronson Reed comes out, does a stare down with Moose, potentially hinting that he's going to impact because Moose is the impact champion. Yeah. Then he uh, does a big splash on uh, Juice and beats him up a little bit. But Dave Finley comes out to help his tag partner. So that could be leading to a feud. Nice. Because Juice is leaving New Japan in. Beginning of the next year. Is it confirmed then? Is I that think just he's confirmed a, it. Okay. So, I mean, Bronson Reed's a good fit for obviously not Bronson Reed now. What's yeah. the what's the moniker he's going by now? I think he's going by his real name, but not 100 of that one. I think he's a good fit for Impact, regardless. And I, yeah. I'd love to see that him and Moose. That'd be a barn burner, I think. Two big men, athletic as well. Definitely. So yeah, they could bring a lot to the table, but. Yeah, well done for for him. It's nice to see him obviously back out there again. It's what we said last week, you know, like a lot of people in these releases, they're going to be fine. Yeah. um, Regardless. Yeah, it still sucks because you lose your job. But at the same time, you know, these are talented people. They're going to find work. Definitely. And to think it wasn't too long ago, the Bronson Reed character was NXT North American champion. And Yeah. But he's going to do well for himself. I'd like to see him and Jeff Cobb because two big men going at it. Yeah, Jeff Cobb is is one of my definite favourites, without a doubt. But yeah, I mean, speaking of former North American champions, so GCW Evil Deeds was on Friday the 12th, Friday night, part of their weekend package, of course, the night after, which unfortunately I haven't been able to watch yet, it's just been a bit too busy. But the following day was the Nick Gage Invitational, I think it's the sixth one that they've done. But yeah, Evil Deeds was the the pay-per-view from Detroit. Of course, one of the build matches on there was Alex Shelley, hometown talent, taking on Matt Cardona. Uh, but yeah, the North American, obviously, 
just some takeaways from this show because of course this was the uh, well in-ring debut in-ring GCW debut for Leon Ruff oh yeah and uh, part of a scramble match which was really enjoyable what like the old championship scramble from 2008 or was it a um, like the old like Mania 2000 hardcore match just well it's a multi-man match first first pinfall or submission takes the win oh okay but it it was Leon Ruff Cole uh, Radrick Yoya Chase Burnett Braden Lee Nate Webb Nate Webb cooking in the kitchen okay he's a chef <laughs> but yeah Nate Webb uh, yeah he had a, a good intro as well he's coming out in the entrance taking everyone out during the entrance <laughs> so there's nothing sort of says pro wrestling more than a, a guy coming out to Wheatus teenage dirtbag and throwing people around ringside well I, the Young Bucks in an indie show did come out to Hanson yeah that's the Young Bucks Nate Webb had fucking both up oh yeah I'd like to see that <laughs> I'd like to see that <laughs> no it was uh, really enjoyable Leon Ruff um, takes the the win on that one, but that was a really good, really good match. There's a few takeaways from the show, really. There was, uh, of course, we've got the ongoing rivalry at the moment between Cardona and what seems like the entire GCW community. And uh, put out a tweet while I was watching as well, just to say, you know, GCW really delivering tonight. Side note: Matt Cardona is effing great. So yeah, sorry, not sorry. Uh, Matt Cardona retweeted, and he put that he is. The best thing in professional wrestling today, that is not an in-gimmick tweet. It's one of the best things. And so Chelsea Green's actually at this show too, mm-hmm. in a match with Ali Catch, which we'll touch on in a moment as well. But yeah, so it, no title on the line in this one. And actually Cardona takes the L. So Shelley does does pick up the win for this one. But yeah, I mean, just, yeah, one of the best then, you think? Yeah, because he would have, like, I, I, would, I, I bought the shirt... 10 years ago mm. that's that's how crazy this thing is and then yeah to think he won the GCW title and then all of a sudden there's like out of nowhere this guy is probably the best probably the best thing outside of the big promotions outside of the big big promotions yeah, yeah I'd say certainly I think Cardona is I don't know if if I don't know what the right sort of term for Cardona is. Like, I don't know if he's underappreciated. I don't know if that's the right way to maybe describe it. But I think, um, based on really, when you take a, a deep look at actually the impact that he's having right now, particularly on GCW, you know, it's doing wonders for them yeah. as a company. And it's great. And he's such a good heel because he represents everything that they stand against. Yeah. And he really does know how to work that crowd man I mean there are people there I mean there are people booing him because you know it's, it's fun to boo him you're having a good time you're at a wrestling show awesome but there are some people they despise the man and it's it's awesome like he just he knows the role he gets it uh, he comes out with get the effie out <laughs> you know but full on like the font was there and everything and uh, reciting the lyrics of lose yourself Eminem <laughs> Uh, <laughs> people not too much of a fan of that. Also, not his. He wasn't doing his song Broski. No, uh, no, he wasn't. But he, yeah, he, he he just he gets it. He just gets it. And he took the last. It was quite funny. Chelsea, there's interference. He's got some shit housery towards the end of the match. But uh, you know, Chelsea Green comes out. Ali Catch comes out. Effie comes out. Cardona takes out. Uh, Ali Catch with a clothesline. Effie takes out Chelsea Green with the Rough Rider. Yeah. Um, although now it's called the, the Effie calls it the Sack Rider. 
which is amazing. Uh, it makes sense, yeah. actually, when you think how, how that move is done. It's really cool. Like, I, I, you know, I like it. And it's, it's one of the most interesting things. And the whole... One of my biggest disappointments of the year, although it makes sense, but one of my big, biggest disappointments of the year is that uh, Cardona isn't still the GCW champion. It, it was it was fantastic that run. Uh, yeah, the who who beat him again was that Moxley. Mox is uh, taking the GCW title off of him. Yeah, and he's still so. champion. Isn't he? Still champion. Obviously, you know when Mox is better and can return to the ring, then you know we'll see what happens there. But it's it's yeah, Cardona's been, I think, really really good. For GCW, but you know the show wasn't all revolving around Cardona. So, you know, like I say, the, the scramble match was excellent. Opened up with a good tag match, um, which I really enjoyed. Mm. Uh, Matthew Justice and Effie take the win on that one. But I think main event wise, obviously, you get your two death matches, and some of it leads. Obviously, the the, the women's one was Charlie Evans versus Rena Yamashita. Charlie Evans, uh, 24 years old, from Australia. Really? I think Rina Yamashita, she, opposite, she, I think she's a, a deathmatch, uh, Japanese deathmatch legend. And, yeah. Um, she was competing the night after in the Nick Gage Invitational. So I'm not sure, again, I've tried to avoid all the spoilers for that, actually, but um, I'm not sure how that's all played out. But yeah, this was really good. The uh, Light Tube fan came back out. I saw that. Rina comes out with that. Yeah, that. and that was an awesome, awesome shot with that. But they really did... Uh, you know, go all out for it and, you know, crowds into it, watching at home, you're into it. Really, really entertaining stuff, man. And again, like deathmatch isn't for everybody, but, you know, if you're watching GCW, then that's what you're going to get. So you either, you know, you're into it or you're not. But yeah, really, really good. I think Yamashita takes the, the win on that one. Uh, again, being, I mean, that's, that's a good thing, really. She's the one going into the next night. So she goes into that looking strong. Yeah. The main event for the night, though, Masashi Takeda and Alex Cologne taking on G. Raver and Jimmy Lloyd. This was, oh, wow, this was balls to the wall stuff. This is great. Uh, G. Raver, obviously, and Jimmy Lloyd have had a bit of a history together. And, yeah, it was just, it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. But then, anytime seeing Takeda in there is always a good time. But, you know, they start the match off with the light tubes, um, attach the ropes. doesn't take long before people start going into it. Yeah. G Raver hits a good move from the I don't know what you'd call it, but it was like the top of something in the room towards the end of the match. It got pretty bloody pretty quick. But yeah, exactly you know, if death matches your thing, you would have got what your money's worth with it. But a funny story coming out of the end of that one was uh Takeda's got the scissors that he comes out with. Alright. The big scissors and he uses them in the match, but apparently uh somebody has stolen his scissors. Couldn't find him, so uh, somebody somebody's nicked him <laughs> after nicked the show, and he was pretty, understandably, pretty annoyed about well, that's it. That's dangerous, even for death matches. Well, I know, but it's you know it's, it is a shame because the GCW community, by and large, you know, I do think they they support each other. It's a pretty decent fan base in terms of everybody sticks together. Yeah. Um, just you know, it's a shame though stuff like that happens, but yes, you know, it, it's it can't be a reflection on everybody and the whole community. But, you know, sometimes there's one idiot that just has to do something stupid. So Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, though, really good. And a GCW is just one of those promotions that's come out swinging this year. I, I'd, I'd put it in the probably the... If you had to name a top... If you had the big... Because, you know, in music, like in metal music, whatever, there's a top four of, like, 
bands or whatever. Mm. I'd probably say they are close to the top four in wrestling. As in, like, they're getting their name out there. It's always always been... I've always known about them. But in the last year or so, they've become probably bigger than maybe Ring of Honor. And I think getting the big names in does help that. But I think you might be right. I think the Ring of Honor comparison's uh, spot on. Because CCW, that's on the down... CCW was quite good here. But obviously, back in the day, Sky Sports, you had the... The but, wrestling channel yeah. and CCW was one of the featured uh, slots on there, so you would get the. They have the exposure, I suppose. Over yeah, here but they're, the they're not as well known as they used to be. Not so much now, but then even you've got XPW as well, and even then, come back. Yeah. Only only just come back, and so we, we see how they're going to stack up, you know, going forwards. Yeah, but, but apparently that was a failure. And their return show. Because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. And unfortunately, Brian Cage was involved, so he's not having the best of luck at the minute. Yeah, I know. Poor Brian. But yeah, no, GCW definitely uh, stand out this year. And yeah, for those who are interested, of course, in the Detroit area, they confirmed that they are returning there on uh, January 14th, 2022. So not too long to wait. Do you think they'll come to the UK? There's definitely a market here for it. But it's just, it's the cost, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to get everybody over there. You've got to get everything over there. And uh, death matches in the UK is not really been a thing. But I'm sure people, I'm sure if there was to say, we'll come to the UK, there'd be an audience. There are promotions here and, and guys do come over. It's just, But to bring an entire uh, US-based promotion over... You know, it's there's a reason like an AEW hasn't already done it, and that's not just the pandemic, but it's there's a reason they haven't already done it. There's a reason Impact have barely done it, and there's and and you think of how much money WWE takes in a year. Yeah, you know they only come over twice. Yeah, because Impact used to do it twice. Yeah, but then I, the last time I remember it was probably like the near the end of the Hogan era. Really, was the last time I remember them coming over. Mm. But yeah. I mean, really good, really good stuff. But yeah, just to go back and uh, talk about the Chelsea Green segment as well. Again, now she's going to be, looks like a bit of a player there as well. Wow, well, a player boy. Player boy. <laughs> really good though. Uh, again, Ali Cat, she come out, cuts the promo before and <laughs> everybody started off straight away. Shut the shut the fuck up. <laughs> chance and stuff. And she's like, no, give me a chance, give me a chance. But hands in a cast. And obviously you go by... You, obviously, she had the arm injury in WWE that took her out for a, for some time, and she had the arm injury in Impact as well. Yeah. So she's playing on that again. She should, I can't wrestle tonight, but I'm looking forward to doing it again some other time. You know, is, is the basic gist of that promo. But then, you know, Ali Catch takes the the mic and she's going to say something, and Ali uh, Chelsea takes off the cast and decks her, and then we get into a match. But yeah, Ali Catch picks up the win there as well. So it's fine. You know, it sent the crowd home happy. Because the heels, the people that they really dislike, got their asses handed to them. And sometimes that's just what you need, isn't it? It's as simple as that. Definitely. It's as simple as that. But Cardona, the greatest thing in pro wrestling today. And it's not an in-gimmick tweet. Well, apart from the fact he likes us. (laughs) He has no idea who we are. No. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was awesome. So yeah, GCW in the books. Uh, Like I said, I'll try and check out the, the invitation if I can get some time this week. But... The most recent one we've been able to watch then, Full Gear. AEW's third instalment 
of the year and the final pay-per-view of 2021 calendar year. Lot to go through here, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Um, it was the first time I've actually watched an AEW pay-per-view live. Is it really? The yeah. first one you've watched live? Yeah, because wow. um, never really had a chance to watch it because it's always been the wrong time for me. But I think when you would be working on the early on the Sundays, yeah, that's tricky. But like we said last week, it's it's a good thing for those that don't work the the weekends because you you get that day like I've done today. I've done nothing really, but played fours or five <laughs> on Xbox Game Pass, and that's about it. <laughs> so aside from that. Uh, not really much else has been has been done. But the thing is, I mean, it finished at like what half five in the morning. Uh, five about five o'clock. About five ish. Okay, we, and we watched the the buy in as well. So that was yeah, five and a half. That was literally five and a half. So it is. I mean, it's it's a long time. You know, those of us over in the UK and of course in Europe, uh, probably even worse for for Europe because they're going to be the extra hour. But yeah, and if like Russia, China, uh, Japanese crowd probably be later mm, yeah i know but i think at some point it probably gets to it probably gets to the stage though where it's that late for them they can probably go to sleep first and yeah. then wake up just early probably whereas we kind of have to like maybe try and get a strategic nap in but we've always because we're we're old but we've been doing <laughs> well we're not old but you know yeah but for most of the uk fans we've been doing this for a long long time anyway so. yeah so you do get used to it but high expectations going into it regardless so um, we we're not going to do match by match, but I think we're just going to talk about you know it's just a recap, our, yeah. our big thoughts on it and thoughts on what we liked, what we didn't maybe necessarily like. Good show, but I some of the finishes made it a bit difficult to get it higher. Than, we should definitely come on to that yeah. in a minute. Definitely um, come on to that. Yeah, I don't know why because I've. I felt like I was. I felt things were missing, but there was still good stuff. But was the? I mean, because one of the biggest things of all out was the debuts at the end. Yeah, and like you said last week, it could be one of those things people may be disappointed if you're expecting it. Yeah, but apart me goes. Apart me after I was watching this go. You can't expect. Can, could you have a AEW can't go well WWE are releasing all these people let's wait to do a pay-per-view in 90 days yeah so we can all get them to come in exactly but you also because you, you probably handcuff yourself a bit that way as well if every yeah. but if every that, pay-per-view is always going to you know uh, if every pay-per-view is always going to be a, a debut of somebody new then the well, at some point there's going to come a point where you can't take anyone else on no. so Actually, that might be a bit detrimental because then it could be Dynamite, a bit of a disappointment. Dynamite before Full Gear would uh, teasing Okada, so I think maybe he might appear. Or I did think, yeah. I mean, my big sort of guesses were Wyndham, like I said last week, and Okada, uh, which we didn't mention last week. But of course, we had Dynamite and Rampage, and on Dynamite we had the sort of, I suppose, revelation then that Kazuchika Okada has invited. Orange Cassidy and I, and I think all of the best friends. Yeah, it is, it's all the best friends. Okay, uh, over into the chaos stable of New Japan. So, yeah, there was a bit. And I imagine that's probably going to, something's going to have to happen there at some point. Because you had Rocky Mar- uh, Romero yeah. take on Brian Danielson in the opener for Dynamite, which was really good. Dynamite, by the way, match of the night this week was uh, Dax Harwood and Pack. Phenomenal, phenomenal contest that was. Yeah, it's a match that if it was 
couple of years ago in WWE, we'd only had like two minutes. Yeah, and that's and it. Nothing just shows you how much of a crime it is, doesn't it? Like that, something like that could have been relegated to a. But then a again, not, like we always say, it's a different different style. It's not different, you yeah. can't. No, I, it's, it's tricky. You can't really compare. That's why I don't think you can compare Full Gear to like a WWE pay per view. Like no. we were saying last night, watching it, how many times we've been so disappointed staying up for four or five hours plus sometimes watching WWE till early hours of the morning just for it to end and in a really crap way. But I've always felt WWE will WWE pay per views are have been good, but there was never like a there might not be like a match of year type match on the pay per view. But, yeah, but you always expect like one or two really stupid endings, with the exception of the takeover shows. Oh, takeovers have always been amazing. They'd always deliver, yeah. But no, it's it's not it's not fair to compare. No. Um, you have to hold AW up against their own um, their own sort of benchmark that they've created, which at the moment is all out and probably isn't going to be topped anytime soon. But in terms of obviously as a pay per view as it as it stands, I enjoyed it. But yeah, we'll talk about then what you, what you mentioned these these finishes. There was just a couple of just really bizarre finishes that took you out of it, really. Yeah, and unfortunately, it was FTR that got involved. I know both times as well. Both of the weird finishes were, well, one was FTR and one was half of FTR. Yeah, because um, that tag the tag title match was was amazing, fantastic. But if they had told if it, maybe it's a, maybe in my opinion the production thing maybe it will be. If, Resolve later on in like story, story yeah. or dynamite. When that it was um, no cash was wearing the, the mask. Oh, they, they were both wearing a mask, but, but we, I, we, I think we that was saw them. didn't see it, and I, and that's that's part on the camera crew. Well, not maybe not just the camera crew, but like the direct. It's in, more yeah, director in, in, in the editing, it was it was like well, the cuts. Some of the cuts just didn't show you. I think what you needed to see, but yeah, yeah. like I got so confused because at that point I kind of forgotten who the legal man was. So I was so my mind was going right. So is Harwood the legal man? But they've both put a mask on, so they're going to pin Cash, and so technically that match is going to be thrown out because they didn't pin the legal man. Which, but yeah, but then again, tag team in AEW has never been consistent. I know, but like that would make sense from a. I know this is going to kind of cross over into AAA, and that would make sense, I suppose, from a AAA standpoint where you don't need to tag and it's just in and out of the ring. But yeah. this wasn't AAA, and I, so I don't really understand. It was just, it was a, sh- it was a shame. Like, I, it didn't ruin the match by any stretch. No. But it was a shame that after such a solid, amazing tag team bout, that you kind of had the wind taken out of your sails a little bit just because that finish just made, left you scratching your head. And it, and I can't who was on commentary said... We were talking about, well, just because I got the mask, you would know who it is because one's got hair, one's yeah. old. So you can't always go to, uh, you can't always look into it too much like that, though, because again, wrestling is wrestling. Yeah. If you always go searching for log- logic, you are going to be disappointed at certain, you know, certain areas of a, whether it be a match or a program or what, whatever. So you know that part wouldn't have bothered me so much, but it just it was so strange and it just didn't seem It just felt confusing. Yeah, it was really confusing. And I think it did play over into the the next match, which was then Brian Danielson and Miro. Which I don't know. The crowd sort of just seemed a bit quieter after. Yeah, the uh, the ones you could see on camera would were sitting down for most of the match, but when there was a spot they liked, obviously they were gonna like it. It was a more of a slower pace. from the first two matches that we'd just seen, it was slower. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It was a really good match, but it's I think the mixture of obviously having a slower match after those two really fast paced ones and then that finish 
to the tag. It was a bit strange. Looking on Twitter at the time, there were people tweeting live from the audience saying, you know, that it, it left a bit of a weird yeah. uh, kind of atmosphere in there as well. So, yeah, it's a shame, but Lucha Bros retain it, which is kind of what we had. Uh, yeah, I think, we, I think we said that. Yeah. Then, to be actually, I, t- I think the only... So all of our predictions were the same last week, but the only one we did get wrong was the Cody fight. Rhodes... Street fight? Oh, no, okay, yeah, so we got two wrong. So that was one. But we got the Cody Rhodes and Pack versus... Andrade and Malachi Black. Yeah, which we called before it actually happened. Didn't right. <laughs> Even though, like, like I said at the time, it was on Wikipedia before. Obviously, the match was announced. Yeah. Like, like. like I suppose, yeah, but it, it looked like it was going to go that way. Yeah. Like I said, though, I think I would have preferred the four way. However, you know, it's it's not always about like what you want to see. It's about enjoying what it is that you are seeing. So, the thing is, though, what I will say about that because again, that was the the other FTR problem. Jumping straight to the end of it, of course. After a strange match, is yeah. probably the best way to put it. The uh, well, Pack gets the pinfall over Andrade. Yes, and then immediately after, the cameras are kind of cut into ringside where Cash has ran down the ramp. He's with, with, Tully, with Tully, yeah. But no, Dax. No, the only thing I can think of is is maybe Dax did come down, but he was on the other side of the ring, and we just never saw it. Well, we never saw him walk away. No. So, again, I, I don't understand what the situation there was. Because it's not like it's a pinnacle thing. Well, it was literally... Because the story, which they say on commentary as well, is obviously they've been basically hired out to Andrade, Andrade for two weeks from the pinnacle. But why didn't... I mean, I suppose like from a logic standpoint on that, I didn't really understand why they came out then at the end. Like, he's already got the win here. So what did it really do? It was just a... Because it was a quick beatdown too. It wasn't like... Yeah, it was like... They didn't put him through a table. It didn't get, like, messy. It was like a few sort of stomps and a bit of a beatdown ringside, and then they ran away. And they took Cody out as well. Which I like. Which is, yeah. <laughs> but the, the problem I had with the match, during the match, was when Cody was on the floor for, like, no reason. Well, this is what I mean about... I found it really strange, because Cody... Did again audible booze? Oh yeah, for this one, and it was noticeable, and Cody knew it. But for this, Cody did play that match as a bit of a heel, so it was it kept you thinking like, especially at the beginning when he tagged in Pack. Oh well, yeah, away. at the beginning for sure. But I even think what you're saying about him being on the outside, like for a lot of it, I just felt like that was he was being heelish because it was making you think like. Why aren't you getting up on the apron? Especially when Pac was going over to actually tag him and he's not yeah. there. And it didn't know what I mind. Me. I thought it was going to do. It's remember that ladder match. Um, I think it was uh, Revolution where he gets taken out, but you see him on the ramp like every time the camera's on the ramp. Mm. I thought it was going to do that again, where it's like it's all about me. Well, again though, I think the show it it did make it still all a, a bit about Cody and. I don't know, really. It's Again, it's really, really tricky to try and give an opinion on it because Cody still is a face in terms of the way he's booked and, and the way he's trying to present himself, even though it comes across as a massive heel. But the match itself, I just feel like, could have been dynamite. And I, 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 yeah. I, think, I think there's a jaded view of that, because I will elaborate on it. I think... The biggest thing for me, again, because 
in the UK, we're watching this early hours of the morning. At this point, where time's getting on, like we've got to be at like three. We've gone three o'clock in the morning now, aren't it we? Because like, it was mid mid card, wasn't it? Towards the it was towards the end. I think it was latter part, but yeah, mid card for sure. But you know, for a four plus hour show, and you're watching it early hours of the morning, I think you do look at certain things and go, well, that didn't need to be there then. We could have yeah. had, that could have been a shorter show because that didn't need to be on, that didn't need to be on. Amazing though, I mean, I'm not going to throw the match in the toilet. For what it was, it was fine, but it's just pay-per-view, it just felt like it didn't need to be it there. It was after the Fools Can Anywhere match, it was about fifth match of the night. Which was going to be a tough one to follow because, yeah. again, that was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. I know a lot of people I've seen didn't really like it because it was a spot first. But yeah, but what do you expect? It was false count anywhere. Well, yeah, it's this gimmick match. You don't have to have... No, exactly. Because there was points in that... Um, well, the the pack Cody Rose match was 16 minutes, 52 seconds. Right. It wasn't, so it wasn't overly long. No, but, but it, did it need that time? Really? Yeah, but then do you get into the territory? Like you said before, you know, if you get matches that are really, really short, like All Out, you had Paul White and QT Marshall, and that if that had gone for, you know, if that had gone 16 minutes, then we'd have we'd have had a problem. No, but the, but thing, it, the thing with knew, that match was yeah. it went the distance it had to go. Yeah. It didn't need to be longer than what it was. Sure, exactly. And it, and it, and it did have a place. It had a role. Um, this one, I don't know. It's strange. I, I think this one, it obviously furthers the storyline development for all of the characters, because it wasn't just Cody and Pac that were having a bit of malfunction at the junction, as JR would say. It was also Andrade and Malachi. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look, I, the, the good, the plus side takeaways from it were uh, you got Andrade and Malachi Black making their pay-per-view, their AEW pay-per-view debuts. Yes. And Malachi's entrance was amazing. As it always is. As it always is. Quick side note on that: the stage really liked the set. Yeah, it because um, it's different to what it was the last couple of times because it was in. Um, well, Daily Place last Daily's Place last year yeah. wasn't it? And then I, don't, I can't remember where they held Full Gear the year before. But was it Chicago? Um, no, I don't think it was because I think All Out was Chicago. All Out tends to be Chicago. But yeah, really, one, it was good. The one thing I did like was, compared to last few years, they didn't have anyone go into the um the, the, the sign that they've done to learn. No, but that's for, you know, you don't want to keep doing it every no. year. It's, otherwise it becomes... Uh, we were joking because if you'd have done it as a bingo or as a drinking game, however you'd want to do it, um, the there were certain things that I said, right, there's going to be biting in these matches. So-and-so is going to do this. So-and-so is going to do that. And most of the time it did actually happen, didn't it? But oh, yeah, like, what was it like? Nearly every match had a biting spot. I don't know. It's, oh, I, that's half, a bit unfair. Half match, to half matches. Yeah. There was a biting spot in the in the buy-in match uh, for the women's tag. Biting in MJF and Derby, which come to. Yeah. There was biting in tell you what, Kingston though, and if, Punk, which... If you did a drinking game on every time someone gave someone the middle finger, you'd be pissed at your head. And yeah, that was the, the big thing last night. Everybody flipping everyone else off. Telling them to fuck, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Especially... <laughs> Especially in the main event, there was a pretty loud one. I know, yeah. Is that all you got, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, no, the stage, though, the set, last thing on that, really, really liked it. I like that they still kept the AEW dynamic of the two entranceways, but it wasn't the to the tunnels. It was coming out of the that sort of scaffolding structure, which, to yeah. be honest, really looks like, at certain points, it, it reminded me of the old WCW Nitro set. 
Yeah, I can say that. A bit, a bit, uh, which was nice. But yeah, no, look, that tag match, bit of a shame, but, you know, again, we have to see where it goes. I think if we're going to talk about, probably just get the the negative stuff out of the way first. Yeah, I think that's fair. What's your, what would you say the biggest disappointment was of the night for you? I reckon we're probably going to share the same opinion. Hmm. And disappointment of the night, I don't know if you want to look at that as like the match or an outcome. I suppose if, if we start with the, like a match, was there a match that you thought you were expecting more from and, you, and it didn't deliver? Probably the street fight. Yeah. In, in a way, because... 100% for me. The fact they started off as a normal tag match when it's street... It's a street fight. Yeah. You don't need to follow the rules. It's, and it's it's such a shame because we're fans. So, like, I don't want to sit there and try and be... like Again, like, the whole logic thing. I don't want to be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. This don't make sense. That, I, you know, I, I'm, try, I'm not trying to be an armchair booker. But when things are so glaringly obvious in your face, like if you was watching a film and there's a plot hole in it that really takes you out of it, like what we're saying about them finishes, mm. you know, it does take you out of the film. That's not, you know, you're not, I don't think you're in the wrong for that. That's that's not your fault. That's on the fault of whoever's presenting it to you. And I think the biggest problem was, I don't care that much that Inner Circle won, although I don't think they should have. But no. again, my opinion on that means nothing. As long as it's entertaining to watch and it's going somewhere, it doesn't matter. But the match itself was a huge disappointment for me. And it went on for, I mean, what we're saying, 16 minutes for, for, that, for uh, yeah. that tag. Like but this street fight felt like it went on for way too long. I think it was 25 minutes. Hang on, bear me a sec. It was 19 minutes, 52 seconds. I mean, tw- 20 minutes. Yeah. And it was just like, it had its, it had its moments, but... Andre Lovsky just was funny for the wrong reasons. Is that for the striking? The, the, the punches, the punches, like I know it's, it's so tricky for MMA guys to do it, isn't it? No, like, and especially like JDS looks alright, Junior Santos looks alright, mm. but they gave him stuff that he could probably do. The the thing is though, the stuff that he was doing didn't need to be. It didn't need to be a street fight for it. No. Like he was hitting the suplex, um, you know, it was a bit of a stalling suplex as well, and it looked it looked looked alright. But for me, if I've, I said this during the show, it felt a bit too one-sided for in a circle. Taking it, yeah, I, of, and of course ringside they showed him just before the match, but it was um, oh Baron from Rusky, yeah, the Iron Claw, and that was yeah, that was a cool moment. He he puts it on Ethan Page, yeah, not not brilliantly, but when you're 81, you can get away with anything, mate. 81 years old. I thought he was older than that because I thought I because I was looking at him uh, on Wikipedia not too long before we started recording. And yeah, his debut was in 1966. That's I thought it was older. I honestly thought it was older than that. But we popped. I don't know if he popped massively, but when um was it Ortiz went into the crowd? Ortiz. Was it yeah. Ortiz? Was it I? It's one of the. It's, so was it a plant there then? Because he, the, it looked like a fan was just like sprawled out across these chairs, like in actual pain. Yeah, but the and thing, then I was like, is that a plant? Is that a real person? But they didn't cut it, away to him ev- to that angle where they were uh, during the match. Okay, I know it's near the end, but they didn't cut to anywhere near that section. I don't know then. If anyone that was there and listens to this, you've got an update, or if it, well, I suppose anything might come out on it if it becomes a big deal. The, the Kavara. Jeff Hardy dive was good. 
I liked it. Yeah, it got real WrestleMania 2000 vibes from from that Swanton. Like I say, there was some good stuff in there, but it just it did feel long, and it was overall it was a bit sloppy. I yeah, think Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert was Dan Lambert was Dan Lambert, and I, I I really like. I still want to see more of Dan Lambert. I think he was he was ace. Well, like I, I, but I I really really hope we start doing something a bit more with Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They are really good. Yeah, do you remember when? And I think we're only scratching the surface of really what they can do. Do you remember when Scorpio won that a uh, face of AEW match, whatever it was, not about a year ago? Scorpio, yeah, there was something like that, but obviously even before then, because he's the first guy to hold a pinfall victory over Jericho. Because it happened on Dynamite in a main event in a tag match. Yeah, when he was champion. When Jericho was champion. So, you know, they obviously, I don't know, it's long-term planning, isn't it? Yeah. Tony Khan had said, I think after the show in the media scrum, it may have been, that he knew the first four world champions he wanted from the very beginning. And somebody's even put a funny thing like, oh, he, he literally told us all along. It was a graphic for All Out, I think, in 2019, where the graphic it says it's got the All Out logo in the middle. And then at the on the on starting from left to right, there's Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. followed by John Moxley, then the All Out logo, then Kenny Omega, then Hangman Page. And it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, coincidence maybe, but either way, he, he said that he knew what he wanted the whole time. So, um uh, yeah, if if that's the case, then I don't know whether or not he he's intended much more for Scorpio. But again, it's a long term thing. It depends on how far into the future they're looking. So yeah. I try not again. I don't want to get too hung up on it, but I really do hope that we get to see more from them because that match, unfortunately, was a bit of a almost a bit of a squash. Yeah, like I said, even though American Top Team and and the year did get moments. It didn't feel like they got a lot of moments. Not a lot, no. And this is semi-main event as well, yeah. which was which was really strange. But, but oh, again, I don't know. It again, was a shame. And we were complaining about they were using non-street bit uh, weapons. Like what was it like? <laughs> I was just laughing because it's a street fight, and they're pulling out what was it? Uh, hockey sticks. Hockey stick, water uh, skis. Yeah, what um, they were using um, toasters. Toaster. Yeah, was it just Shivani went toaster? Toaster? <laughs> Shivani popped for the toaster, so I mean, um, if Tony loves it, then they, I they, used, it. they did use a bit of kitchenware as well. It's like, what street are you coming from? It was, yeah, it, it was just bizarre a bit. It was just a bit bizarre. Also, like, I, I, I don't. I found it, it funny that um, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage were more dressed for a street fight than any of the wrestlers in a street fight. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it just adds to it, doesn't it? And you, it takes you into a that mindset of like, I'm about to see something different than what I normally probably would. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was weird, but it was definitely a disappointment for me. I, I expected more than that. And as soon as I saw from the beginning, we were going to be doing tag rules and I was like, well, what is the point in that? Yeah. It's I, a street fight. I know, I know that ta- I've, I've seen tag matches where they've in the cage where it's been a tag match to begin with, but once again, what's the point? I suppose there's ways of making it work, isn't there? And that's not for us to determine. That's up to, up to them. But for what we got, was definitely definitely a bit of a come down. And, it, yeah. and it, if it wasn't so long, it wouldn't have been as bad. Wasn't that just after the Kingston Punk match? Yeah, which I, was, I mean, do I you want to talk about that now? Because well, I mean, if we if we want to talk about positives to take away, because at the minute it sounds like we didn't enjoy the show. Yeah, because I don't want <laughs> I don't want to talk about the um, the women's match. Is is if I was disappointed or not? Because I I kind of felt like what I thought was going to happen. Well, if you wanted to, if you want to talk about women's now. 
that's literally that's what I mean. That's why I, I'm saying that I think the street fight was more of a disappointment because I expected more from it. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's there's probably a part of that then that's that's on me, I guess, for trying to hold it to a standard that maybe I shouldn't have done. But then the women's match with all and I honestly I mean this, but with all due respect, I wasn't expecting match of the night. I wasn't no. expecting anything uh you know, out of this world. It's Ty Conti's first big, uh, 100% her biggest match of yeah. her career to date. And she came out, she looked great. I loved the the paint she had across her eyes yeah. and stuff. She got a nice entrance. Really cool. Britt Baker, I think we knew all along Britt was taking this. Yeah. So it was predictable. But the match itself wasn't offensive. It didn't go on that long. Ty got some nice spots in. She looked relatively strong at certain points. Overall, if you want to say the right person won, you can say that. But I, I'm glad Britt won it. But didn't he? I just, I just don't think. Again, it's a strange thing. Where would you have rather have seen Thunder Rosa or Ruby Soho take that match because it's pay per view, or should that women's title match have, have headlined a Dynamite or Rampage? And that, that's again, you can't always look at it like that because you're not booking the show. But it felt more of a dynamite rampage women's title match as opposed to a pay per view one. They, I think the actual match itself. I think it was more of a challenge to see if they can get Ty as a future name. But I don't think they did enough to say that she will become a champion for the, the main title when the TBS title comes out. She, I think she's she'll be a great fit for now for the TBS title, and that's why I think if they really do work the TBS title in properly, mm. then it could be are really good because there's not many people that do this no not many promotions that have like a mid-tier women's championship so actually I, I, I do like the idea quite a lot but you've got to have the right names in there and, and still make sure they're in the right um, builds and programs but you've got to care about the program and I think my biggest problem with this match and the reason I went into it not really expecting an awful lot was that I didn't care about the story because there wasn't really much of a story for these not two really so, but it's not to take away from them at all, right? It sounds terrible. And but one, one last thing I'd like to say that was a bit confusing is who was that guitarist in the entrance for Brit? Wasn't he? Was he from Fosse? They didn't mention. I don't know. And if he was, why would he be coming up to do a guitar solo for the heel when that's true? When yeah. his bandmate is face, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, look, we we should definitely talk about some things that we really liked about it. And you you said about Kingston and Punk. I, that I, was one of those things. Do you know what? In my mind, I was like, don't do a collar and elbow. I hope this isn't a wrestling match. But it just didn't... It, it did not disappoint at all. Oh, like, no. It was exactly how I thought it was going to be. Kingston decks him straight away. The spinning back fist was yeah. just amazing. I, it was the shortest match of the night at 11 minutes. But it didn't need to go long. No. It, it felt... It, it was a brawl. It felt... It was it, more of a street fight than yeah. a street fight and it was. felt real for most of the part. It did feel really real. And I'll tell you what... The CM Punk hamming up the the heel heat because oh, yeah. there was there was definitely let's go Eddie CM Punk chance or you know Eddie Kingston CM but there, it was a split crowd. However, we were getting to points in that match where people were booing and he was Cena, looking at the crowd and he was looking at the crowd because you think man like how excited we all were for Punk to come back to pro wrestling after seven years and that reaction is is going to go down as one of the best debuts slash returns to. You know, of all time. Oh, definitely. Of all time. And we fast forward a few months and he's getting some booze because he's going up against Eddie Kingston, yeah, I think- who a lot of pro wrestling fans outside of watching, you know, Ring of Honor and being 
quote unquote, I suppose the hardcore fans outside of that probably don't know who Eddie Kingston is. You know, no. lapsed fans only know him from AEW potentially at this point. And if you if you're watching and you only used to watch WWE, again you might have no idea. And here he is, um, the, the man getting the offense in on Punk, but he's got the crowd behind him against CM Punk in 2021. Yeah, because he's crazy. Because he's a real person, really. If you relatable. Yeah. yeah, and relatable. it's like where, the only time really people were if felt were behind Punk was when he did the John Cena. That Cena thing, I see. I thought that was the other way. I, I definitely heard booing. Yeah, but was that because it's John Cena, or was it because Punk did it? I think that was. I don't know if that was planned before the match or not, but regardless, I think that's irrelevant. The fact is, the crowd's already got some booing going on for Punk at this point because they're they're behind Kingston. So for for Punk to start hitting Cena a, a, a Cena comeback, yeah, because it started with the shoulder blocks and then he yeah, the teased. First, he, the first time, the first one, I knew who what he was going to do. It was more just what it represents, and it Cena was the top guy. In WWE for so so long, people booing him. People felt like Cena was the one stopping new guys coming up, and that's a part of what this story is here. That's that's how I read into it. Is that Eddie Kingston's problem is that you know back in the day he looked up to all these people, but actually these are the same people then that held him down, but at least looked down on him and treated him like he was nothing. And so because Eddie Kingston's so relatable. For a real life, not not in terms of what he's lived in his life, but the fact that he's a real person, like he comes across as well. I should say he comes across as a real person. He obviously, he's a real person, but he comes across so real that look, we've we've probably all been in positions in life where we feel like someone's been looking down on us and stepping on us, and and it hurts even more the betrayal when these are people that you looked up to. So yeah. that that story is just so interesting, but I really do hope they carry this on because I could I could hundred percent get I, more. I feel like it's not finished, and that needs a new no DQ at some point. It's warranted one now yeah. at this stage. And man, look, they built that on one promo basically, but it's based on stuff from fifteen from the, years ago from the past. Which, but even for. Again, like even for these fans that maybe didn't know who Kingston was until AEW and things like that, uh, and pro- and then potentially don't know anything about Ring of Honor or anything from that sort of side of history, I th- honestly think you could have come into this and it would have grabbed your attention still, just yeah. because it, from that promo, because of how good it was. And I don't think we really talked about that promo as much as we probably wanted to last week. Um, no. But they sold an entire match for a pay-per-view with one segment. And now it's got me interested and I want to see even more of it. Yeah. It's just how it's done, man. It's honestly just how it's done. But definitely, definitely one of the highlights but of the I, night. I do, I do wish they would do that a kind of bit more. Cause yeah, I, yeah, I know what you it's mean. All good, it's all good having, like, with the main event being built up as it is. But sometimes you don't need so long to go. No. The main event, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it with the main event, but... Well, we want to talk about the opener. Different, yeah. We, well, I was going to say with the opener, I was saving it just because I think I know the answer to the question. But obviously, you said what the d- biggest disappointment of the night was. But what did you feel the biggest surprise was, or match of the night? Well, match of the night was definitely the, the opener. Yeah. Uh, surprise was probably, I want to say Jay Lethal, because I thought that was a good, good decision. Yeah. So of, of course, obviously, Jay Lethal is announced. I was a bit worried at that point because, like, Tony's obviously on the stage and he's like, you know, we've got a surprise for you. We've got a guest here tonight. And I was like, sure, this isn't how they bring out Wyndham. 
But no, it's Jay Lethal. And I thought it was funny when he did the on a match with Sammy. I know he just had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he he, did, he got a bit confused with the dates, didn't he? Because yeah. he was like, we can do it. This looks at Tony. Well, I was going to say now, but you've just had one, but we're doing on Dynamite. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool. It just felt weird that it was just Guevara on his own after the inner circle was just being with him. But yeah. I like that, actually, for Guevara, because as TNT champion and as a face, he shouldn't have to have the backing yeah. of a faction. But if so. he didn't come out with a title, I reckon some people would have gone... What the hell's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, that was good. But yeah, a surprise, aside from that debut... Match of the Night and Surprise was the same for me. And I say surprise, I don't mean like I was expecting MJF Derby to be rubbish. No. I just wasn't expecting it to be the match of the night. But that was the best match either of them I feel have had yet. Oh, definitely. It was so good. I mean, from the get-go, I almost think that that kind of did hurt the show a little bit. Because it was so, so amazing, literally, to kick off the show. That, think, and, and actually, when we went into that tag match, and again, and how good that tag was, but then it, it suffered because of the strange, like the confusing ending. Yeah, that was like it was like going. We was we were just building, building up more and more speed, just to be then kind of halted. But that match on its own, match of the night, biggest surprise for me. Fantastic storytelling. Yeah. The only negative I had was when Sting came out to stop um, Spears and Wardlow because he beat up Wardlow, but we didn't see that. I know, I know that's not. I know it's probably nothing, but. Again, though, that's kind of that's another one on the uh, production team yeah. for the night because the actual like them the, the actual execution of it, I'm sh- you know is is perfect really definitely for that match. But as a viewer from home, we're going to have that different experience if we're not being shown what we should be seeing at the right points. But I don't it didn't hurt it for me. No, it didn't um, hurt it at all. But it, the, but the some of the stuff we saw in that match was absolutely insane. Darby ended lived up to his end of the the bargain. Mm-hmm. He was going to wrestle. See him. Uh, he was going to wrestle MJF, and he did. Obviously, for the most part, we still got Derby spots though. Yeah, when he did the, he did the typical uh, coffin drop onto the apron, which oh he, I, I'm sure he misses every show, every time he does. He it. misses it, but that was a particularly grueling one because mm. the he, he caught the rope a bit on the way down. Yeah, which is what, which and he, we just thought when we watched it live, we were just like, oh my god! But when he did the, uh, it looked like it sucked. Yeah, <laughs> when he did the. Uh, Coffin dropped to the outside. I did that. Yeah. Like, MJF's MJF just about really, just about yeah. caught him. <laughs> Honestly, I tell you what, if that's what the future looks like, then I'm here for it. And the finish is just one of the best because it's something you don't see. Exactly. And and it but it, it plays into the story. The story was MJF. And I say it was the story, but it was almost kind of a throwaway comment, but it's the fact that he had said it more than once, which then usually tends to hold weight. Yeah. But it was a throwaway comment originally that, look, I could beat you, Derby, with a side headlock takeover, which is a ridiculous thing to say because it never wins a match. No. However, he kept saying it, kept saying it. I was like, okay. And the match started, and, and quite a few times at the beginning, he is putting, he's he's hitting him with a few headlock side headlock takeovers. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's good. I'm glad they're actually playing it in. But when MJF hits him with the diamond ring, knocks him out when the ref's distracted, and then slowly puts him into the headlock, and again, perfect, because if it had just done it really quick, I don't think it would have had that same impact. But it was that realisation that, oh my God, MJF is actually going to beat Darby Allen with a side headlock takeover, because he allowed that time to let let it sink into the audience. Even, and, though, even though the shoulders were up. 
again, it's, it's nitpicky things, isn't yeah. it? You, but I, honestly, what a perfect match that was. Oh, definitely. The biggest, big, and again, surprise because I didn't think it was going to be match of the night, but honestly, the future is so, so bright for that. And I love that. Uh, you know, I, I honestly, I hope in five, ten years' time we can still be talking about it now. You know, what a career they've both they've both had so far. Right, that's if Darby Allen can last another five years of this time, he has. I mean, well, yeah, but you know, people who say that, the same thing about Jeff Hardy. and Yeah, Jeff, and Jeff Hardy's in his 40s. And yeah, his... and he can still... Maybe shouldn't the argument is, but you know he, he can still go. Yeah, but yeah, hell of a hell of a match. But we definitely should talk about the main event. Yeah, um, great match, but I felt that there was more to come. See, that's I disagree. I think that's one of the only disagreements I've got. I've I've had time to let it sort of um, register now, because when you're straight after the show, it's a bit. You know, it's like I said, five in the morning. Yeah, I'm, the only thing I'm thinking about is how many sheep I'm going to count uh, to go to sleep. The reason I say that is because it felt like. Because it was like it finished like five minutes before the end of the show, and I felt like it could have probably, it, it probably if they didn't have a time limit, it could have gone like another twenty minutes. Because it felt like they didn't do enough to go. I just uh, see if they did it because the one thing that could have happened and they should have done is the the one ring angel from Omega and a kick out. But I I, I agree because we were saying I I do agree with that because we said it whilst we were watching the match. But again, in hindsight. You can save that now for another program that you can build up down the line. It's, it's whether or not did Hangman need that in that match, and the answer is no. If you really think about it, how long this has been building already? Yeah. The, the the biggest story wasn't can Hangman. The story wasn't is Hangman going to kick out of the One Winged Angel. The story is can Hangman beat Omega. That was the story, and and I think from that, looking at it that way. That's why I think it was perfect. It was a good amount of time because, again, especially after this, the street fight, um, we didn't necessarily need anything that was going to be super long. But it was a really, it was a good match, hard hitting match. They had the added kind of like, oh, what's going to happen here with the Bucks? Because of course, Callis was getting involved. That was getting the crowd booing, doing its job. Yeah, he gets taken out on the apron, and the Bucks are hopping down. It's like, oh man, now. Again, it's it's more of these sort of things where we're like, right, so we're spinning some webs now to take this story further with the Elite. Because the Elite, of course, Matt Jackson one side of the ring, Nick Jackson the other. We see Hangman actually give the V-trigger to Kenny. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to one side where Nick Jackson's there, looks like he's contemplating on maybe stopping him, but doesn't. Hangman hits the buckshot lariat to the back of Kenny, which kind of knocks him off balance, sort of down to a knee. Then he goes over to then the other side of the ropes where Matt Jackson's waiting for him on the outside of the ring and they just have this little stare down. Yeah. And it looks like Matt's going to stop him but then Matt just sort of nods at him like, okay. That was also okay. a bit, it felt like, is that a face turn for the Bucks? See, well, this is... this is Because there was no Adam Cole. No Adam Cole, but then the, the, I think this is what I'm trying to sort of explain with the whole, I feel like there's a lot of now different threads to that story because... They've already planted some seeds now, again, from last week on the TV shows with Bobby Fish being introduced by Adam Cole. And we've already said about the, you know, addressing the rumours about Kyle O'Reilly's contract coming up soon. Yeah. So whether or not, you know. Um, but that there's something clearly that's going to be building there. But then for the elite, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I don't think it was a face turn, but it played into the fact that this has been a long story where Hangman was... They, they were all the elite at one stage. Hangman mm. was with the elite. They were all friends. And it was this big story that actually it was Hangman who was a jerk first to them. 
and left them because like we said the original plan looked like he was probably going to be the one to turn heel and they addressed that on rampage and that was awesome by the way have a good that whole like look i want to say i'm sorry because it was me i was the jerk and i actually cost you guys a shot at the tag titles but the way i see it you know you actually then cost me a shot at the aw title so we're we're fair now we're even and look it's just a little tiny primer like that, but it, it actually then, seeing the end of that match, it makes all the, the difference. I think still the elite are heels, but there's, they're playing onto the fact that, look, just because you've turned heel doesn't mean that now you hate everybody who's a face. It's more complex than that. And that's what I really liked about it. But yeah, he gives he gives him the nod. Over he goes. Buckshot Lariat, one, two, three. As simple as that. I don't think it needed the, the shithousery. It didn't need any um, dusty finish. It wasn't... It was, I just felt like there was more... Within like, the match, yeah, because because for me it was a great match, but there was no like twenty. It, 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 what do you said needed like twenty four finishes? Like nearly every match seemed to have. I like that they didn't though, because that. Do you remember this used to? I know AEW does it a lot, but NXT would get a bit of flack for it, which, oh, yeah. which is like, oh my god, it's like a hundred false finishes in these big matches. But these matches would get Meltzer going five stars. Yeah, but it's not the, the end of the I day. Know that's there, not, no, there's nothing. Well, to some people it is, though. Or to quote Miro, you know, you're everything to some, but you're nothing to me. <laughs> but it's not always about that. It's no. not always about, like, the match needs to be five stars. It's the story. And they ended and it ended on, on a really, really good note. It's like, finally, here we are. Hangman has become the champion. This is what we wanted to see. This is where the story was going the whole time. I absolutely loved, I loved, by the way, that video package. Just before oh, Hangman they, made his yeah, entrance. When he's on the horse. Oh, it was so good. He's When he's on the horse going through the streets at night. And I guess it's like the drone, I, however they did it. It was it was done really well. But they had that drone going through. And you see all of Dark Order running like a bunch of videos that through funny. that. That you, was great. You can hear them. Yeah, like... it was so, it was perfect. And Hangman, I was like, do you know what, man? That's brilliant. And, and, and the ending, when they all come out and hoist him up. And nearly dropped him. <laughs> nearly dropped him. No, it's it's perfect. Honestly, it was perfect. I've got honestly, I've, I've actually, I've kind of got goosebumps thinking about it now. It was a, uh, it's just a perfect ending, which it, which is good because I'll tell you what, if they did, have, if they had it on a swerve, and Kenny won it, I'm just part of me goes, imagine if they did that, what the crowd would have done because I didn't think the crowd, I've maybe maybe because there was no like pyro, or there was no like um, the streamers or the. Uh, confetti coming down yeah to be fair that's but again i i don't know they're they're little they're just little things there are things that people they're gonna be people out there that are gonna say i would have probably done this this and this um like i say like i'm, I'm over that personally i've got to look at it and just go did i did it live up to my expectation did i like it did i not like it and yeah you know, actually i did i loved it i would say my favorite part of the match was when omega t's doing the, the bucks lariat but you don't Nah. And just went through the ropes. Yeah, such a heel. Heel yeah, move. The heel should that's what heel should do. You should never give the people what they want. Exactly. But yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think it needed the kick out of the one winged angel. And was it what did you say what would what would you say Omega's time as champion was like? Was it good, bad, it, in between? It's tricky because he's he starts it during the empty arena era and then it moves into this whole, you know, like now we're sort of back to some something of normality yeah. so and i know he's not they don't do the house shows or he barely defended it oh, it felt like he didn't defend it that much but i it's 
I think because Omega's story plays in with like a, a bigger story with all of the elite in terms of his challenges. Um, they're, they're, they're really good matches, but not nothing has really held the weight that Hangman has because no. you've you've had to, you know, they, they obviously they put Christian in for all out, but initially that should have been Hangman there. Yeah, but he had- can, and can you imagine that ending that we saw last night, ending all out? No. Because obviously, with the people that came in, right. So you know, the in terms of like maybe what should have, could have, would have happened, and actually what we got. Honestly, I, I really don't think it matters. I don't. I think it was excellent, and it was an excellent way to end the show. One last word on, um, sort of in line with Full Gear, but not really. But we talking about Rampage. I would be remiss to not shout out that Matt Hardy spot. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I still has left me scratching my head right now. Was it a botch? I don't think it was. I think he did it to make the noise to you know, so he's dropped Cassidy on the mat. But then if you're going to go down for the elbow drop, I don't understand why he didn't just give him an elbow drop. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And to think that could have been on the pay per view. I'm so glad it wasn't because that's one of those. When we talk about long builds. That's one of those. I really, even if Matt Hardy's won the feud. I, I want that to be it because it's been boring. It's has, it's one of the few things that's been real. Just, you know what? I'm going to let this one play out and go and make a cup of tea or something. Well, his, his, Orange Cassidy since Jericho feud has gone, not downhill for me, but it's like... The push has become a yeah, bit it's, more... It's, yeah, yeah, I know you can't always be at a certain level all the way through, but it's just felt like... It's it, definitely not maintained the momentum. The character won't become world champion at this moment in time but yeah it feels like the he won the feud and then he's like had a match with cody and got beat he's had matches with um the matt matt hardy's just not doing it for me in AEW. no it's not for me it's the big money gimmick as well i don't like it at all it's, but i don't want to be unfair but i think him um being with um private party, private party and blade, they, yeah, they, butcher and blade right. and uh to a hybrid too. Yeah, they've they cut it, it's not buried them. Not buried them in like the burying like oh they buried them, but it's like they should be better, if you know what I mean. It's moved them out of the yeah. But again, behind the scenes it's probably a really good experience learning under Matt Hardy. You know, someone with so many years in the business in tag team wrestling. Yeah. You'd be foolish to not you know, if you're gonna be under his wing, you'd be foolish to not make the most of that. But yeah, in terms of like an on-screen presentation, it just doesn't... Yeah, you're no. right. It doesn't do it for me. But yeah, Full Gear, though, as a whole, would you say you enjoyed it? Yeah. Um, I know we're not doing star ratings anymore, but I would have, I would have given the whole show probably a 4, 4.25. <laughs> I know we're not doing star ratings, but i give it... <laughs> well, what, what trophy would you give in it? <laughs> I, again, it's, it's tricky because it was... I enjoyed it. I'll yeah. say that I enjoyed it. Wasn't my favourite AEW show... But no. it's had it got some of my favourite moments and my favourite matches that I've seen so far. Yeah, and I know we talk I know we talk about how good takeovers are, but sometimes not all of them are gonna be amazing. It's tricky because we always say AW pay per views always deliver, so you it's bound to you're gonna get somewhere they're probably not as hot as the last one. But in terms of it being a really good show, was it a good show? Yes it was. Um it's just it's late when yeah. when you're watching. <laughs> That's all it is. But yeah, AEW full gear in the books. Excited to see where they're going to go from here. 
definitely but yeah i mean for those listening uh we'll probably have this recap up on on youtube so obviously please feel free to drop in the comments let us know what you thought of aw full gear 2021 did you enjoy it did you not everyone's going to be different yeah but moving on with the news we have now the cancellation of a triple a show due to death threats from a cartel yeah have you what have you seen of this story uh, not like I know I know of the story, but it's just wh- why what's happened. So it's Lucha Libre show Big Lucha, I think is it was uh, scheduled for tenth of November, cancelled after the local drug cartel warned. Um, basically, I think everybody involved don't come to the show because the quote was I think they they threatened to spill innocent blood, and it seems that. What the situation is, is that the the cartel, which I won't name, and the information is out there, so you mm. can look into it, but um, essentially, I think it's something to do with them and the actual fair promoter, right? Mario Garcia. Just had to get that back up. So, yeah, Mario Garcia, it's something to do with him and I, whatever situation he's in with the cartel, but real scary, to be honest. Oh, um, definitely. You know, it's not very often you see something like that happen in, in wrestling. Of course, this, you know, for Mexico, I don't know how much of an issue probably that plays for people probably, within probably the entertainment industry, at least. It might know. happen a lot. I don't know. Because it, it, it reminds me kind of, in a different way, um, the former Pride FC, the fighting organization, was tied in with the Cusa. Really? Okay. But there was no, like, there was no, like, oh, don't. We'll stop the show. We'll, we'll do in some blood, whatever. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the the ins and outs of it are, but obviously, if there's an issue between the cartel and uh, the promoter, then you know, obviously, it's a way to hurt him and his business, isn't yeah. it? Because if you can't go ahead and put the show on, you know, serious note though, serious note, it's not good. It's not good. No, and. Well, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? You've got to cancel the show. You can't risk yeah, people's lives. They, could, I was going to say, could they move it to a different venue or is it... Yeah, but you have to still advertise it, yeah. don't you? Like it's, Just hope it doesn't happen for the, the whole of that company. Well, I think there's going to be more stories potentially to come out on that as it, as it happens, yeah. as it progresses. So we'll have to keep an eye on it and, and see what happens. But really not good news, to be honest. No. Um, yeah, in terms of more news, there's slightly, obviously we're talking about the entertainment industry and we were talking about people that we expected to appear at AEW Full Gear, but of course, Wyndham Rotunda is looking to be making a jump into Hollywood with a film scheduled for 2022. Yeah, a horror film, isn't it? Uh, I believe it's a horror film. It's not uncommon for wrestlers nowadays to be in movies. Look at Rock, Cena... Kevin Nash, Hogan. Yeah, so the door's been sort of kicked open. The forbidden door. The forbidden door. The forbidden door. It's, you, know, you can say, obviously, Hogan and wrestlers of the past. Jesse Ventura, another one. Andre. In a lot of good films. Yeah, Andre. Uh, the Rock's probably the one that's really kicked it open, I think, in terms of, actually, this you can make a viable career, not yeah. just bit parts or, you know... Um, He's making the most money he's ever made in his life. Oh, yeah. All this before he runs for president. But, uh, yeah, it, 
In terms of, I don't know what all the ins and outs of it is, but I, I know that he's, well, apparently he has said that he's going to be doing that first. So, which would explain why we didn't see him at Full Gear, because he, he's going to do this Hollywood project first. Yeah. Before coming back to pro wrestling. But um, in terms of the actual film itself, they're shooting it, I think, later this month, mm-hmm. which is obviously still November in Tennessee. I think the whole thing maybe looks like it's been set to, to be filmed there and shot there. It'll be interesting to see what he brings to it. You know, I don't know what kind of horror film we're looking at. If it's a, a slasher type film, if we're looking at, you know, I'm more than likely because he might might play a, a kind of horror, Hollywood version of the Fiend. Uh, yeah, potentially. I wonder if this is like a way for him to get out like all these ideas that he probably had for the Fiend character. And even maybe the Bray character. But all of these ideas that he had for that character that he couldn't do on WWE programming, like how much of that and the influences from that are we going to probably see in this film? I think you might be right. We're going to definitely see influence of of The Fiend. But again, we don't know what this this character portrayal is going to look like. Like, is he going to take on the form of like a demon, like of a monster? Or are we going to see the man? Um... I want to. I want to say it'd be a mix of original Bray Wyatt character, and then he turns into the Fiend type character. I wouldn't want it to be too close to the WWE characters. No, but, but there's always a part of the wrestler in the wrestler doing a movie. Like how many times has the Rock done like the people's eyebrow? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's done the Rock. Well, bomb, he's done the Rock now, bomb a few times. You don't see it now, but. Yeah, because you imagine when Stone Cold was doing like Condemned, he did a stunner <laughs> Vinnie Jones. <laughs> Luther's Press. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in ages. So I should watch it again. I remember the Condemned being one of the better WWE films. Yeah. Never saw the sequel of. I think it was all. No, I've not seen the sequel. There's not. I mean, would you say outside of obviously The Rock well, and, and excluding Cena, anyone else that you think has probably made a bit of a splash? Well, Batista. Batista, oh, of Batista's Batista. been in James Bond. He's been in Marvel. Well, in ter- okay, scratch that question. In terms of films that people have been in, and they and, and when we say been in, I mean yeah. like they're front and center uh, star of the show. Is there any that's really like caught your eye? I guess Kevin Nash. Nash is interesting, but what's he been front and center in though? Uh, he was. Let's see, he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. He was the giant ooze. But I've never seen that movie properly. No, he's never had a major role, though, is he? He's rushing in one of the Punisher films. That was a good scene, though. I like that scene. Yeah. Um, He's a bouncer in one of the John Wick films. He's one of the few people John Wick doesn't kill. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Um... Oh, he's in Longest Yard, yeah. But then again, most of that is... Most of the Longest Yard is like... There's so many wrestlers. That's a good... Do you know what? For those that haven't seen The Longest Yard, or maybe even haven't even heard of it, but it's an Adam Sandler film, I think, from 2005, I would implore you to go watch it, because, especially as a wrestling fan, it's kind of a who's who. Yeah, Goldberg. people in there. And then you've got just Nelly and Burt Reynolds. (laughs) Most of um, D12. Yeah. Terry Crews. Bob Sapp. Chris Rock. Goldberg, like you said, Austin's in it. Carly. Carly's in it. Bob Sapp still qualifies from the rest of the front for me. Uh, yeah, he had one promo in WCW in 2000. <laughs> that counts. And, uh, well, New Japan. Let's not forget the New Japan yeah. run. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, 
and yeah, of course Nash. But uh, yes, good film, good film. There are there are certain times when wrestlers cross over into Hollywood uh, that it works out. Cena, I think I've got no doubt Cena will make his work. I mean, he's he's been in some huge films already, like blockbuster stuff, yeah, Transformers, Suicide Squad. Squad, most recently, yeah. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, that'll be. Interesting I can't. I still can't believe. I still can't believe going by film logic that he's Vin Diesel's brother. <laughs> yeah. Did you actually talk about um, Fast and Furious? Did you see that Vin Diesel wants the rocks to come back? Is it really? Yeah. I, yeah, because there was definitely real life heat supposedly between yeah. those two, and that probably works better for the Rock. Because I don't think Hobson Shaw really did well. I think it did. I, I prefer it more than most of the Fast and Furious. Really? Films. I mean, I'll, look, I'll be honest, because I've not seen that. I've stopped watching it's on Fast Netflix. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. I stopped watching Fast The last one I saw was the like, basically the send-off of Paul Walker. I haven't seen that one. Six is the last one I saw. and I just got... I just lost interest because it was just like... It's got a bit mental, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit out of the... Bit crazy, but yeah, uh, Bray, formerly Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, going into Hollywood to make a horror film before coming back to pro wrestling. But we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Bray's a very creative guy, yeah. and you know, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of input on on the character himself and, and this story. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Definitely. So, in terms of extracurricular things, it's not just movies that wrestlers move into within the last few years. We've obviously seen quite the surge of streaming, online streaming games, Twitch, YouTube as well. Of course, mm-hmm. we talked about Matt Cardona at the beginning of the podcast and the influence he had on YouTube. But yeah, Twitch is kind of the the big place to be right now for wrestlers. But of course, if you're in the WWE, that's not an option. But one thing they do take advantage of, other than Xavier Woods apparently, mm-hmm. is up, up, down, down. So that is, it's a WWE, I mean, the first things first, explain the situation then. So there's a financial dispute between Xavier Woods, from what we understand between Xavier Woods and the WWE over up, up, down, down. The dispute is that Woods makes next to nothing and he's not just featured very heavily on that show, but he he runs it. Yeah. But it is a WWE owned entity and it always has been. It's never, ever been owned by Xavier Woods. From just that alone, thoughts on it? I don't know how much you've read into this so far or or heard um, about it. I do find it weird that they're doing this when they're just made in King of the Ring. The right. beginning of a big push. But yeah, I, I popped down down. I used to watch it a lot. And then, like most things, I stopped watching it. Because the only things I did watch was a few years ago when I used to do Madden tournaments. Or FIFA tournaments. And right. When Rollins would get Yeah, Rollins rage would beat quit. everyone. <laughs> well, not, yeah, unless he I thought it. The best one I remember was, was, I think it was Miz versus, might have been Xavier Woods in a Street Fighter 2. And there were E Honda versus E Honda. And Woods just squashed his Miz. The I, I, arms, I really strikes. enjoyed all the, and again, it's a shame now. And I, I can't imagine what that's probably like for, for Woods. But even just the full guy stuff. You know, just an Uno that they would do. Yeah. And it would be him. You know, you, you'd have your mainstays because there was a lot of him, Adam Cole, Cesaro and Breeze. And we're now, you know, at this point in time, we're down to half of that team's gone. Yeah. You know, Adam Cole's out and Tyler Breeze is out. So it just leaves him and Cesaro. 
Because um, that's got to be tricky, definitely. Because um, I don't know if you ever saw the video of Adam Cole was doing a Twitch uh, Twitch stream when he got told uh, Breeze got released. Mm. But I don't know if it had anything to do with the. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The story more to go more in depth with this story though. So this is according to the report that was published by Fightful Select. And what they said was that there hasn't been, because there's not been really that much put onto Up, Up, Down, Down's channel recently. No. Not in comparison to what they used to be. And I think initially people were thinking maybe it was because these releases were playing, which I'm sure they are anyway. Possibly. Uh, yeah. Playing obviously a, a part of that. But uh, the re- report stated, though, that the content creators for Up, Up, Down, Down were, quote, showing solidarity because they think that he is being taken advantage of. So they're not going to be, supposedly they're not going to put any new content up until they can resolve it, which I assume then would mean that they need to come to a, a new agreement on the financial aspects. Yeah. Again, from what we said before, because he's supposedly been paid basically nothing. Um, I mean, what do you reckon? Because it is tricky, this one, isn't it? Like he's been, Definitely. he's paid as a, as a, as a wrestler or, or as a sports entertainer. So he makes his money from that. The only reason I'm not jumping all on WWE for this one straight from straight away is that again you have, look at a real life situation, a real life, uh, a real life scenario. If you your employer, whoever you work for, you're employed to do a certain job. You know, job descriptions there. You've got your job specs. This is what you're employed to do. This is what we expect of you to do. You know, as our employee. So you you do that. Yeah. But there's always times in your job that you're asked to do something else. That might not be in your job role, but at the end of the day, it's a business requirement, so they ask you to do it. You don't get paid extra for it. No. Is that the same logic that should be applied to this? I just don't think they see it as a mate, as a big thing. I think they just see it as them trying uh, Woods just doing something that's not WWE related. Cause they, they, but it is WWE related. But they never do. But it's only WWE. If they were to bring in people from outside WWE. Which they they can't. Which they can't. Up, up, down, down. Again, you got to remember it's owned by WWE. Is it? Yeah, but if, if never, Woods, if Woods left the company, they still can make up, up, down, down, and they have they can replace him. Yeah, but they never. They ne- I don't think because I haven't watched a video in a long time, but I don't think they ever mention that it's a WWE thing. It's just because it's never. It's, I think that's why the perception is that it is Woods' own thing. But does he? I don't think he calls himself. I think he calls himself by his real name, don't he? So what they do, because they all had nicknames. Yeah. Obviously, Cole was Chugs. Not Budge. Not Budge. We don't have... He's Budge now. Yeah. Yeah, they all had that. And I don't know whether or not that's because, look, if you ever do leave the company, you can still have that identity and move it. Although you won't have up, up, down, down, you need to do something different. Mm. You'd still have that identity. Right? So I don't know whether or not that plays a part of it. I'd imagine it probably does. But again, I, I can see why people would be confused that Up, Up, Down, Down isn't owned by Woods. Again, because they're not using their WWE names. No. You don't really see much of the WWE logo, if any. No, and it's not like on the program. It's able to, if, I don't, unless when the new WWE game comes out, they play it. But they, like I say, they do the Uno game. They'll, they'll be playing uh, like a, the Maddens or the, the probably the FIFA or. Whatever comes out at that time, I know, they, hot, yeah. I know they do. They did, and then they used. They do now, but 
they would have the wrestler on and they play one of their favourite games and it would be like a way to know more about them. Yeah, but that's why I think a lot of people really enjoy that channel because it isn't always just the gaming aspect. This is why wrestlers are doing so well on Twitch because it's not always about like the games that they're playing, but it's just it's that different type of interaction with somebody. Mm. Uh, you meet new people, especially like in the comments and stuff, yeah. and you get to just it's almost like spending time with with like a mate. Or, almost. It is a good way to know them outside the ring. Yeah, definitely. But in terms of the the way WWE perceives it, like you're saying, I do think that they they obviously know, or somebody in the in the department will know that it makes them money, hmm. and it makes them a lot of money. It must do, and they can't like they can't look at that and, and think, you know, like we won't carry on doing it. So there's obviously going to be some sort of issue. There's, there must be some sort of issue because if, if the content creators aren't putting content out, then I can imagine this being kind of a big thing backstage because now they're losing money on it. Yeah. But I don't know how much power Woods maybe has over them because if they do take Woods off of it, especially seeing as how big of a personality he is on there, who would you really get to replace him that would put the time in that Woods has put in? So, you know, I, I completely get it. Like I said before, your employer's asking you to do something outside of what you'd normally do it's not that uncommon. Mm. You don't get paid for it. You don't get paid extra for it. It's it, it's real, you know, that's how the real world works. However, if you can't make, if, if it's coming to a point where actually I'm becoming um, affected by doing this extra work, I should be paid more money because I'm spending more time doing this extra work. I'm not getting the overtime as we would probably look at yeah. it as spitballing with it here but then at, at that point actually then the company really probably should do something if probably. there was a moral because um, diff- if they had any morality to them because again like you've got a, he's a really good employee yeah and he, he's owned that project that you've given him if you do replace him it, it wouldn't be the same no. it's like top gear oh it's different because of the circumstances surrounding it but top gear was never the same once jeremy clarkson um James May and Richard left because they were Top Gear. It's funny you mentioned that when the new series starts. That's the day we're recording. Literally, but, but it's but it, but it hasn't been, is it? Um, like it's still Top Gear. It's, it's still got, the it's, same it's paint. Getting, it's getting better, but it's it's when. But the but, thing, the problem is the show that um, Clarkson's doing. Um, not the Clarkson's Farm. No, um, the one the Grand Tour. Grand Tour. Yeah, you're kind of doing the same things over and over again, but with a new style, and that's what. Basically, anything is when you when you're like known for a certain thing. If you think about it, it really is. But again, you watch it for the people, don't you? Yeah, it's it's always it's if it's entertaining, it's entertaining. Exactly. I just going back to like I remember if like it might have been like ten years or so now, maybe longer or less, I should say. When it felt like every day they had WWE's YouTube had like a, there was like a game night or like a. Okay. Um, oh yeah, where well, they did like the basketball. Yeah, and then they did um, one. The, one day it would be like a game night. One day it would be um, like Josh Matthews and Road Dog looking at um, stupid stuff. And then the next day it'd be Santino stuff. Then the next day it'd be this. They, and then the, they, I remember that. Yeah. And then they gave up doing that kind of thing. Now, even with the network, they don't really do that kind of stuff. Again, you, you've got to have people that are going to be committed to yeah. like making it though. Like the content creators need to make that. So if they're not 
putting the resources in, they're not going to get anything out of it. It's the same as anything, isn't it? Definitely. But it's, if- it's, I don't know. I don't know what, what they'll do on this. I, I can't imagine, you know, because they, they will be making good money off of that. I can't imagine they'll they'll stop it. But I, I think I'm right in thinking they can still do, wrestlers still can do Twitch, but they have to give the money to WWE. Right. It's not like they so, can't but, do but then again, like, why would you bother doing it then? Because I don't know about Paige if she still does it. Cause she's, but I don't think yeah. she... Cause everyone thinks, she was quite outspoken about yeah. that as well. But I don't think... like Twitch is like, in a weird way, like OnlyFans, everyone thinks it's one thing, but you can still do other things on it. Yeah, exactly. But it's just predominantly gaming. Yeah. I, I say, just to go back a minute, because I, I probably didn't say that in the right way, but what I'm saying about like, like what's the only, there's no point in doing it then if you don't get paid for it. I know it's not always about that. No. But it is the principle that you're supposedly an independent contractor, but you can't make money yourself off the side mm-hmm. unless you notify the company. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 so, it's so weird. Yeah, but it's, it, you can talk all day about independent contractor situation because it is such a strange topic for conversation. It, it, it's, it's the principle of it. It's a strange concept, I think. The way yeah. it's executed, at least. Anyway. But I like the fact you can have a wrestler not be a wrestler for about few hours when they're, when they're streaming yeah but but I, I know but then what I'm saying is though if they want to do that then they should be able to reap the rewards the financial rewards of that yeah if we as fans decide we want to give that person our money but they're not going to take that money because the WWE wants to take it like, I mean that's the equivalent of going to a restaurant you leave the waiter a tip or the waitress a tip and it goes straight to the owner do you remember the um I don't know if you used to watch it, but obviously Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Well, they did that. It was a really big... It was an infamous thing, like one of the places he went to a long time ago. We're going a bit off track here, so I do apologise to the listeners. Oh, just now are we going off track? Only now are we going (laughs) off track, yeah. I've only just decided. But, um, yeah, there was that that really famous one of the... uh, What was it called? Amy's Bakery or something. It came to light anyway that her old man there was... He was like... He's the owner. And... he would take all the tips, like any any money, any tips that any of the waiters waitresses would make, it, it, it just goes to him. They didn't it, get to make a penny so, off of so it. So it sounds like docu- because they made hourly, like that was that was the bullshit it kind sound, of. It reason. sounds like um, that documentary SpongeBob SquarePants and the crowd. I think if they were a decent company, they would give him more money. But with the whole financial situation with WWE at the moment, can't see that happening just because. You know they're they're in the best place they've been for so long, and then they made all them releases. You know yeah. more releases, and apparently could be more on the way. With that in mind, yeah, I can't see it. I, I can't see them doing it, but I hope that they do. I hope that they do. They've done two shorts. One was eleven days ago with Happy Corbin's top five videos of uh, video games. Then they did a Mustafa Ali has an opinion short three weeks ago. But the last main video was a Tekken Knight with Samoa Joe, Jimmy Uso, Kevin Kingston, and Sean Benjamin. Hmm. And that was four weeks ago. And this has all come to light sort of within the last few weeks, really. Last yeah. couple of it's weeks. Come out, it feels like it's only come out now. Yeah. More heavily this past week. Yeah. But I don't know how long the overall thing's been going on for in WWE. But yeah. Closing thoughts on that one. I think WWE doesn't have to. They, but I, they, I think they should. Yeah, if they, but I don't think they will. No, and it, like I said, it's a bit weird they're giving him this king push. Yeah, they won't let him do anything outside. 
Do you think maybe that's kind of their way of saying, yeah, look, see, we do appreciate you doing it. Well, the same now, way they gave Selena Vega the Queen after she walked out with the union stuff uh, last year. <laughs> yeah. It's a strange company. I wouldn't put it past them. It actually does sound very WWE. It does, actually. Yeah. Speaking of WWE, staying on the same topic of that company and releases, the obviously the most recent releases are still the most recent releases, although there were uh, reports circulating that apparently they are looking at getting rid of 10 more. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'm hoping that's being re-evaluated and it's not going to happen. But the names being thrown around are some of the, again, I I don't like saying older guys, but again, it's based on what they're now looking for. They want the early 20s. But older guys being Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa and Kyle O'Reilly's names were coming up. What do you reckon about that? I think that's a bit mad, really. It but. is, because you kind of need those type of names. As much as I I do like, in a way, the idea of having younger people coming in, but you do need those established names. To go up against people that, yeah, when you beat them, it means something. And um, If NXT is just going to be a load of new guys, like that's difficult. You need established talent there for them to be able to work towards to try and beat them, so it yeah. means something. And um, the problem with the Kyle O'Reilly situation is he's been doing a pro. He's been doing a thing with Von Ragnar, but now Von Ragnar's just this week appeared on SmackDown on his own. Yeah, so we don't know where that kind of leaves him now. And I didn't realise this, but Von Ragnar is um, he's one of the Beverly Brothers' sons. Yeah. I, and when you look at him, you go, "Yeah, I can see it," but I can't tell you which one it was. <laughs> no. Again, the names, the name change, isn't it? Like, I don't know why we don't want to acknowledge certain things of the past. But don't be surprised in a week or two, he's called Von. Just yeah, just Wagner. Wasn't that an X-Factor contestant? I think Britain's Got Talent, wasn't well, it? He's one of the two, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I never watched it, like, polish shit. No, still. I think you did. Going back to the situation about people who could be released. Like I said before, you're never going to... Not everyone's going to have the career in WWE like an Orton Cena taker. No, you will. Well, I don't think you'll ever see those careers again. No. Honestly, even Roman might go one day because a he'd had enough or done enough, or because of his like because, because of leukemia. Yeah. It's just you just can't do it. People no, used to say in a few years' time. Omega and Young Bucks might say we've had enough of wrestling wheel. You don't know. You know you can never plan ahead for those sort of things, can you? No. It's not it's not always gonna you're not always gonna stay as you are. No, you won't always, but it, it just comes with life. But I think they're the kind of rumours, at least anyway, mm. that potentially we're gonna be looking at more. But one of the stories that came out about one of the uh well, one of the newer releases was Keith Lee. Of course, he put out issued a statement on Twitter, basically that they during this whole time, obviously where he'd been off TV because he was he was battling health problems himself, that um, he had to foot the the bill himself for it, and that WWE essentially weren't contributing financially towards that. But WWE did issue a statement in response. Yeah. And it was Keith Lee's recent comments implying WWE failed to pay his medical bills are erroneous. That's what they said. That does sound like a Vince McMahon 
And WWE has an extensive healthcare program for the medical care of its in-ring performers, and Mr. Lee was part of this program while with the company. Should Mr. Lee have any concerns over the payment of medical bills, he is welcome to address them with WWE. I mean, based on that alone, uh, what do you think? You never know who to trust nowadays. Because everyone, everyone, everyone who leaves WWE, no matter if it's good or bad, they always say the same type of thing. And WWE has the right to say that it's not true. Mm. But we, ne- we never know because we're not, we're not there and we can't really say what happened. Same as any situation. One thing I will say on this one, WWE rarely, if ever, respond. Mm to comments. So the fact that they that they did in this instance I do think is uh an indication that something might not be quite as it seems. And I thought maybe because it really you know you listen to all this all, other people that have been in this situation WWE have seemed to have taken care of the medical expenses. Like they have seemed to have done that. Mm. So it would be strange that they didn't do that on this occasion. And the only thing I can think of is that maybe Keith Lee just didn't ask. So he, no, he went just, in there and just paid for it himself and then just didn't... Yeah, I was going to say, did he did he tell them? This is, yeah. It, it's tricky, but this is what I mean. You know, I'm not I'm not a fan of, of WWE as a company, but at the same time, it, I, I do feel that there's more to that story and I don't think WWE is necessarily wholly in the wrong there. No. I don't know how much of that was on Keith Lee's side because it does seem a bit strange. And if there wasn't, and Keith Lee's right with what he's saying, then of course that is really bad. But it's just, I don't know, it's a strange one. Because it feels weird when WWE have done rehab for people that didn't even work there at the time. Right, yeah. And then... There's always going to be two, like different sides of a story. You know, Keith Lee's experience there and what he says about it when he comes out might be different to what they would say about it. You know, there were reports apparently that Keith Lee was difficult, which I don't, I, I don't believe. But well, but we, we weren't there, so we don't yeah. know. And it's not to, it's not to put that on Keith Lee again if he's not being difficult. We can only address them as as rumours. It's a, it's the rumour mill. It's the dirt sheets, you know. And, and you have to treat it as such because it's a he said, she said situation. Keith Lee says they didn't. WWE says they did. WWE says he was hard to work with. Keith Lee says he isn't. So, <laughs> you know, it's what can you what can you really say? It's if it's true if the story if it's a true story, then WWE again another tally, another mark on the tally to to show that this is another shit thing they've done this year. But if it was may, maybe a case of it being a miscommunication thing, then um, actually that's it's not quite as not quite as bad as it was probably put out. Yeah, it's we will probably never know the truth about anything. Uh, there, there might be some more to come of it. It's, there might be more coming out of that, I'd imagine, at least, anyway. But It's like when Hogan auditioned to be Pat Metallica. Well, and could you imagine if that happened? Well, we do know a band that needs a bassist, so... <laughs> yeah, must kill, looking for a bassist. <laughs> I think they are finding one, though, so we're all good. Aren't um, you trying to learn the bass, by the way? I was, yeah, well, I need to get a bass first, really, don't I? <laughs> that would help. <laughs> Oh man, crazy, crazy, crazy days. But yeah, I suppose stay on the topic of WWE. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, they've got a pay per view coming up next week. Oh, Survivor Series. Yeah. Can someone tell WWE? Because I don't think they've realised. Well, only in the last week, 
Because when they, they announced the teams online, they didn't mention it on SmackDown. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to it. We'll, we'll come to that. Well, I better get the... Uh, the Yeah, you uh, get it up. Whilst you're, whilst oh, you're yeah. going through that, obviously you said about um, the Cody... Cody? said about the Corey Fuck Graves. <laughs> the Corey Graves comment. Uh, he put on Twitter that... Uh, I think the quote was, I kind of want to wrestle again. Well, all because he won the 24-7 title for like 30 seconds. Right. So first things first with that, I mean, are we going to see him maybe do something at Survivor Series, do you think? 24-7 title again, probably, if anything. Do you think that's where he might stay and end um, up, or could he end up something big, bit bigger? Because Rollins commented on it, yeah, saying I saw it'd that be a comment. pleasure to whip your ass again. Because, so. um, to be fair, he only stopped wrestling because of concussions. And as we're seeing in the past few years now, that people who had this, the problems... I can't back to wrestle again. Was that Christian? Sometimes, Edge? though, that's been a case of people saying, look, I've been offered to go wrestle at this company. So then WWE put them in for another medical check where they then pass. Yeah. It's that is, and I, I still maintain that I think that's strange. That, that you're telling me that you're not going to let them compete. You're not even going to entertain the idea of them coming back. But as soon as they're being offered money to go elsewhere... All of a sudden, we're going to do that. We're going to pay for your medicals, and you've passed it. Well done. You can come and work for us well, instead. Look at Brian. Look at Edge. Uh, I know. I'm just saying. I just think it's, it's a bit and weird. And we're but... possibly getting Paige coming back. So, well, she did. She has kept saying January. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, Corey, I'd like to see him come back for a bit. It's a shame we won't get him and Pack ah, as a tag team again. Yeah, I quite enjoyed so that. I think someone's. I think he was mentioned that. It, he was the longest a person who'd won a title from NXT to WWE. The longest gap. It's like seven or eight years. Samoa Joe? Because he never won a title, did he? US title. Oh, he did, yeah. He did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Corey Graves returned to the ring. I, I think if they, if they... If they made it serious, I think that would be kind of an interesting angle for him. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want it to be like just 24-7 stuff, though. Like, I think he'd, he'd need to actually get involved in a good angle... And it depends if he's going to return full-time. The only thing I would say is that I know a lot of people don't really like him on commentary, but I still remember his days in NXT and he was great. He's changed up, obviously, since being on main roster, but it's a different dynamic, and I think people have to try and remember that. Yeah. But I personally, I, I, I've never really had a problem with Corey on the mic, so I think it would be a bit of a blow for the commentary team. But Yeah, but I do think that people will compare commentators no matter what to people from the past like mm, I know but in terms of maybe an appearance at Survivor Series I think it's not unlike I, I, I wouldn't say that he wouldn't but I don't know it depends if they've got anything planned for the 24-7 title or if indeed they have anything planned at all well, because they've not done anything really in the way of advertising for Survivor Series no like I said the matches they're People, the teams were announced on TV, or not on TV. They were announced on Facebook and Twitter, and Instagram. And and since then, they have done things with the teams, but they're not doing too much. When have you ever known this to happen, though? Like in what in what world? <laughs> in um, what world is that? Right. So Ricochet, for example, yeah. okay, calls out WWE on Twitter. Literally, that announcement goes out from WWE's official Twitter page. To say, you know, stay tuned, we're going to be announcing uh, the five individuals will be on Team Raw and Team SmackDown, both male and females. And we're going to do that live on Twitter. 
stay tuned. It's like, okay, what? <laughs> Ricochet, literally, a few hours later, or however long it was, but puts out the tweet, what happened to qualifying matches? Well, they did that with Rumble, weren't they? Well, they did it for Rumble, and that didn't really mean much, did yeah. it? Because there were some people that didn't qualify and ended up in it anyway. But, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's look, he's in hot water, I'd imagine, for that. Because he's been a bit cheeky with certain things anyway. There's been these sort of occasions where people have noticed him liking... They call him like the anti-WWE tweets. But like when somebody's essentially calling out the logic in WWE, there's been a few occasions where he's been liking oh, that people, tweet. People have done that before. There's nothing to it. But is, is there nothing to it, do you think? Well, seeing as the people that did that in the past still work for them. Out of choice, though. Well, when they're big stars. Do you want to see Sir Ricochet re-signing when his contract's up? I don't. Well, I don't know because he's dating the NXT. What's he done? He had a good match with Drew not too long ago. But never mind the matches, man. We know Ricochet's good in the ring. Yeah, but you but don't... what's he done as a character on main uh, main roster WWE? Not a lot. Nothing. It's not. It's not his fault. He was great in NXT, just like everyone else was. But nothing. Yeah, absolutely but we nothing. can say that about some people in the major companies in the past. You can say that about some people in any major in any wrestling company. You can say that about people in AEW. We were talking about Brian Cage earlier. There are some people that really should be need to be featured well, it was more. Like, and we it was don't nice, see going them. Going back but... to Full Gear, it was nice seeing Team Taz because. Fuck, have they done things on TV for a while? Oh, to be honest, I, kept, I completely forgot about them Team Taz bits, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, especially when you were in the fucking crowd. <laughs> so, the yeah, the Ricochet situation, I thought it was funny. He calls them out. He's right to do so, I think, because it's just like, it's ridiculous. Like, at the end of the day, if Ricochet decides to stay there or not, he'll have the... He's going to have a following that will follow him wherever he goes to afterwards. Whether he goes to New Japan, and I think he'd be great back in in New Japan. Whatever he does, um, fantastic. But in terms of the actual thing that he's called out itself, it's so ridiculous that for your... Essentially still, technically, it's one of your big four. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Like It's supposed to be, at least, anyway. So you're telling me for one of your big four pay-per-views... In the marquee matches that the whole pay-per-view is even based around, and you will announce those matches exclusively on Twitter. For the pure reason that you were too lazy or just not prepared enough that you planned anything for it in in advance, for what I can only imagine is just because Crown Jewel took precedence over Survivor Series. So all the emphasis was on book for Crown Jewel. Kind of. But this is the problem when you just start booking for short-term stuff. Because you're booking and it's like, right, well, we've got this coming up, that coming up, X coming up. Never mind all that because I've read the script and I don't like it. There we go. We're going to do a new one right now. You're never going to forward plan anything. So I'm not... I suppose I'm not surprised that they've done it like that. Mm. But that's the way that they genuinely want to run shit now is that we didn't plan anything, so... We'll just put it on Twitter, and that's going to be what it is. Do you know what it reminds me of a little bit, in a weird way? Remember when they did the NXT team for um, Survivor Series not too long, about a couple of years ago now? For the Invasion one. Yeah. Yeah. And they announced the team, both the men's and women's teams on the pre-show. 
They didn't meant they didn't put a team. They didn't have a team announced until the pre-show. Yeah, I remember now. Okay, that wasn't overly. I, I suppose that's like one of the annoying things. But NXT was still looked at as like not really a third brand, though. No. As much as some people were saying that they it was, it wasn't. And that, it was, well, it was still developmental. And that was a that was a really good Survivor Series, from what I remember. But that, again, I think the the point of that was to try and get NXT's guys established a bit more to get them ready for when they were going on uh, it, national TV. Yeah, it was just before the um, the Dynamite the debut. War. Yeah, <laughs> the war. I mean, the skirmish. But the thing I'd is, probably call it, the but. thing is, it worked for a little bit, but didn't go anywhere for too long. No, but regardless, though, of any, and the way that you book anything, surely the idea is that you again, like you, you want it to actually go somewhere. So whatever happens after Survivor Series should be the culmination of certain things, but the the beginning of something new. Mm. Like, we're ending with this, but we're now beginning this. We start this journey. There's nothing like Survivor Series now, and again, it comes down to the whole, because of the brand split. Like, it's it's just, it's hard, man. It's hard to, like, try and get invested in something like that, because we've just had the draft. Yeah. And and a lot of these guys are, like, now on the opposite show to what they've been on for over a year some of them and yeah, I think all, the all team, of a sudden now I'm going to bleed team blue bleed I th- team red I think all team raw was on Smackdown until the draft which is ridiculous oh I say ridiculous like it's again look I'm sure they can have they're going to have good matches it's good talent but the story of it it really is kind of weird it really is weird and, and announcing it on social media it's like the biggest slap in the face and such a like a backhanded way of saying we don't really care about this, but we will take the money. It's on pay-per-view. <laughs> Come watch it live. <laughs> yeah, it could be their December to dismember. Oh, my God. I wouldn't be surprised. Think, look, you just wouldn't do this for any other show. The Survivor Series match at Survivor Series, and you did it, and you did it for all of them. Imagine if they did that for Hell in a Cell. Okay, we've got Hell in a Cell coming up. And if did. you stay tuned on Twitter, we're going to announce the Hell in a Cell matches. I think they did like two years, maybe last, one of the last few years, they they didn't have that many matches announced until that week. I mean, that's one thing, isn't but it? Then but again, then the, the, the actual manner in which you announce it is another. But the thing with Survivor Series in the last few years, it's just the champion on one show versus champion on the other. So you don't really need to build it like that. But... Yeah, well... You do need to have the... Um, but then why not just do that as a special? Survivor Series... Like, one of my favourite Survivor Series of all time was 2003. Love that one. And it wasn't SmackDown versus Raw. There were stories. Because Raw had a story developing and developing on Raw mm-hmm. that was interesting. The whole Austin and Bischoff thing. What a great match. Oh, one of my favourites. I think my favourite Survivor Series match of all time. Honestly. I'd put it there. I think it's my favourite. And the SmackDown one, although not one of my favourites, it is it's good. I love it. It was great. And it established, you know, some up and coming talent that was in there. It was it was played into a few separate stories going on, obviously with Bob Holly and Lesnar, mm-hmm. Cena's thing that he had going in there. It I d I just don't understand why we can't still do it like this. But the whole because the SmackDown versus Raw thing is no one cares though. No. No one cares about it anymore. It's just we've taken this this gimmick that did used to work at a different point in time when things were done differently. And now it's just like, well, you know, what's at stake, really? Nothing. 
Nothing. Nothing's at stake. Like, what do you get if you win? Nothing. What do I get if I'm watching it? Nothing. I know. I know. <laughs> as a, if when it's the champion versus champion, they can say, "Oh, I'm the better champion," but but then that hurts the other champion. Yeah. But you can't. Oh, you just put yourself into a hole there. I think, like Biggie, because neither of them should lose, in my no. opinion. Roman is not ready to take a loss yet, well, and, a pro- unless a proper he's, loss. A proper loss, unless he's lo- he's dropping the title to whoever he loses to, and Biggie. Is still quite a new champion, but the one thing they've done on SmackDown is they've had the new day get beaten up by the Bloodline, and so that would make sense. Yeah, you've but had that, and obviously the Kevin Owens heel turn I saw has happened as well. Yeah, which he kind of needs before he goes. <laughs> before he goes, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. I don't, I, I don't like it, but honestly, Ricochet. He talks about being a superhero, and that was probably one of the most heroic things he's done in in a long time. Is just call out WWE for for their logical lack of. So, yeah. Yeah, but we didn't need Ricochet to do that. We didn't need Ricochet to do it, but the fact is, he did. So, Ricochet, you're my hero, son. Um, Almost a superhero, but not Nikki. Yeah, not Nikki, not Nikki Shay. Right then, so <laughs> Survivor Series. Now we've trashed it. Let's talk it. Was what it? Are them, what what actual announced matches have we now we've got? got? Four at the minute, and there's gonna because they haven't announced the. IC versus US champion match yet. It's not announced, but They're at the moment, how would that shape up? Uh, it's Shinsuke versus Damon Priest. Right, okay. And then you'd have the Usos versus uh, RK Bro, even though... That could be quite entertaining. It could be one, yeah. Could be quite entertaining. Of course, we know we've got Big E and Roman. Should we go through? I mean, Big E, Roman, I reckon Roman's going to win. Yeah. Or, I'd, well, I'd, it's hard, isn't it? I reckon it could be a weird DQ finish or whatever. Um, Possibly. It won't be a clean finish, but Roman comes out. I oh, know, it's going to be the stereotypical Usos interfere. And, yeah. Which isn't, a, it can be a problem, but. And then we've got. Well, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Which yeah, so this actually. Most, this is the one I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, because the real life heat. It could be. Supposedly. Their, it could be their Kingston Punk. Oh my God, yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting to know what will happen there because if there is genuine real life heat, then everyone's going to be looking to see if it seeps its way into the match. Yeah. And I think actually sometimes that's a you know it's a good way actually of working us because how much of that is real and how much isn't we don't know. But I know we've seen this match a million times, but they are generally being good matches. They are. Yeah. Actually, the only thing you can really hope for from that show is that you're going to just see some good wrestling. And at least, yeah. yeah, like you said, Becky and Charlotte do tend to deliver. So, but I, I, off the back of that, I don't know. I reckon Becky probably goes over. I'd say Becky, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is the DQ. I think we're looking at multiple false finishes. Every, every match well, is going to be a DQ, is it? Dusty finishes. <laughs> I, well, we've seen it before, multiple DQs in a show. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and plus, with the Survivor Series matches themselves, there's always a DQ and count-out involved. Mm. Double count-out, WDQ, whatever. WWE does have a habit of booking themselves into situations that they then find tricky to like book them way, it, their way out yeah, of. Yeah, it did feel like every pay-per-view at a certain time would have one DQ or one count-out finish. Yeah. this I Honestly, I do. I genuinely think this is going to have at least at least one. Yeah. At least one. Uh, you got the Women's Survivor Series match, which is... On Raw, it's Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Selena Vega. It's funny that it's funny that it's Rhea and not um, with Nikki, her tag partner. 
Yeah. But yeah, and now we get Team Smackdown of uh, Sasha, Shayna, Shotzi, Natalia, and uh, to be announced. It was um, the Aaliyah. They're mm. taking her off. It might. I reckon if they will do it, it will probably be either Naomi or it will be probably Sonya Deville herself because she is kind of doing that. I think that would probably make sense. So it probably won't happen. No. Well, but I do, I do think uh, SmackDown's going to win that. As much as um, I don't think Bianca should be taking any more pinfalls yet. And I know this is so super contradictory to what I was saying at the start of the show. Like I don't sit there now and try and think of like so and so should go over who and you know, whatever, you just want to watch it to enjoy. But you again, like I've said before, you can't apply that mindset to WWE because they don't operate themselves uh, as a pro wrestling company. They they work so differently to any other pro wrestling company where you can just sit down and just try and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Like this one, because you genuinely feel so many people are being held back and stepped on, like you really want to, it. I don't know if, if if you can say it's credit to WWE for it or not. I don't know if it's the right thing to say, but in a way, it's almost almost genius that WWE themselves becoming the heel. Actually, you as a fan, you get so much more behind certain people because you know that, or at least you feel that you know that they're not getting uh, you're not getting the most out of them because they're being misused or they're being. Um, Quite, quite buried or ruined or whatever else with silly gimmicks. See carrying cross. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's <laughs> you, you kind of almost you get behind them more that way. So, but I, I do. I think Bianca needs something, but I don't think this is where she gets it. And I'd, on Team SmackDown, you kind of and Sasha's just turned heel, right? Uh, I don't. I think Sasha's the only face at the minute on that team. Yeah, Sasha. And obviously, if Sonya does join it, then she's technically still a heel anyway. So yeah, but it could be not like I say, it could be Naomi, but they are doing that story of Naomi and um, Sonya. Yeah, so. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let see what happens with it. You'll be the one watching this one anyway. Well, <laughs> well about the men's. What well, did Twitter have for the men's? On Raw, it's Rollins, Balor, Owens, Ray. And Big Bob. Big re- Bob. Replacing Big Dom. Big Dom. Against uh fucking thing. So they're breaking up the... Well, they look like they're moving towards breaking up the Mysterios. Which could happen at Survivor Series. You think? Apparently it was never going to happen, but it could happen. And, yeah. The I'd, plan The plan at some point is to have Dom I'd rather, take over the moniker of Mysterios yeah, and I'd, the mask. I'd rather this be... He throws them out at Rumble, then they do a match of Mania, but I don't think they've got the time or well, they've got that. the time but yeah they won't do it <laughs> they've got the patience to do it I mean I don't know a team Smackdown is Drew uh, Jeff Xavier Woods Happy Corbin and a, to be announced hmm. it was Sami Zayn but they replaced him on Smackdown like they did with this <laughs> they, they, but they did this they've done this in the past with it's, it's going to be one team but then it's not I, I remember on um Bragging rights, one of the bragging rights. They had a team for SmackDown, and then they did a match on SmackDown with a different team, and the different team won. They would be their team, and they did. <laughs> it's just, it's just things like it's. Just, oh. Yeah, I don't know. Who, I don't know who. It, <laughs> it's frustrating, isn't it? Because like, yeah, I don't know who this guy is going to replace. The replacement is going to be. I, I think, regardless, I think that that's a raw win. 
Uh, probably. Cause but again, what does it matter? There's well, no... There's nothing well, at stake it's, it's, anyway. It's weird because Seth is a number one contender for, for the WWE title. Mm. Drew will eventually challenge uh, for the Universal title. But I don't know, like I said, I don't know who they're going to put in the SmackDown team. You won't even care about it a week Maybe after. Ricochet. Ricochet, I'll tell you what, it'll be great. I'd love to... He's my hero now anyway, so he can clean house. Well, we'll have we'll have the the updates. You'll be watching Survivor Series next week. I can't guarantee I will be, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what your take well, is on it. Yeah, so going back to who might be the surprise or the to be announced. It might be that Von Wagner. He's on. They did. Von Breaker, maybe. You never know. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, it's such a shame, and I feel I feel bad because for for our listeners that are WWE fans. I can I can appreciate it. it's probably such a turn off to hear us. Well, uh, I'm saying us. I don't. I shouldn't drag you into it as much because it is mainly me. But like to, to sort of bash them so much. But it's it's only because, like you feel a bit like the jilted ex in this re- regard because like we all like I said before you kind of get into it as a kid, and for me it was WWE that really got me into it. So for for the fact that I've I'm fallen out of love with it so much, you do there is a bit more resentment there. You know, like I am a bit more like, well, I loved you, Anakin. <laughs> you were my brother. <laughs> it's just, it just feels like it's gone to the dark side. It is a shame, man. It is a shame. I, but I love pro wrestling and that's like, yeah, that's I, the main I, thing. There's plenty of I, other stuff out there. But I always say that. I, I love wrestling. I don't love one company. No, exactly. I, I don't have loyalties to the one company. No. I know people do and it's like... You shouldn't. You should... Well, you should do what you want, but I mean, you should let people be. But honestly, you're, you're robbing yourself if you won't give anything else a chance. If WWE puts out something good... I'll watch it. Every every episode of Raw, no matter if it's good or bad, there's always some good stuff, but people only focus on the bad stuff. Because it's the stuff that... But that's the way it is in life in general anyway. Mm. It's like with the rate, with the ratings. No one cares really. It's the, it's the demo nowadays. It's, it's the demo. I don't care about the demo though. I don't I, care. I, as much as I love AEW, I wish they'd shut up about it. It's like... Because I, I, I don't care about the demo. They, when, it's the rate, when the ratings go down, they... They say, "Oh, but the demo, the key demo was brilliant." But when the ratings are up, they concentrate about the ratings being up. It's more about on the actual show itself. Like, I don't, don't tell me. I don't care. I know you need to care because yeah. it's your business. But I don't care, and I shouldn't care. I just want to enjoy what I'm watching. Like, you don't increase the demo by telling people the demo's good. Like, well, what what does that mean to me? I'm already here. Should give me some wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. It's like um, in, it's like comparing like a the Man United versus Man City game to say like a <laughs> Burnley versus um, Brighton game. It's like, well, yeah, because more people are going to be interested in this than they are about the other game. It's just because because obviously Man United will get like sixty thousand a game, and a Brighton would get like a thirty thousand. It doesn't make a difference. Well, if you love right. them, you'll watch them no matter what. Exactly. But it's about bringing more people in. I mean, that's, that's probably arguably harder to do for a football club yeah. than it is. I was going to mention Palace, but no one likes them. <clears throat> right, moving on from that. Um, <laughs> closing the show today, we are going to be reading out your comments. The listener comments, these were on Instagram. We asked a question. What was the last wrestling show that you attended live? And we've had some responses. First of all, Response from our friends over at Smart Nado Podcast. 
They attended Pro Wrestling Grind in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm not sure when it was, but it looks like it could have been potentially quite recently. They said it was a fire card and a very welcoming atmosphere. They gave it 10 out of 10. Um, So I did say I was going to have to check them out. As you can see, I've got their Instagram account up at the moment, Ash. Yeah. We're following them at the moment, going through. I'm not sure how long these guys have really been about for, um, because the Instagram post, there's not that too many of them. No. But certainly worth something, or certainly worth looking into, and hoping to sort of check out some more of their, their stuff so that we can have a chat about it. Definitely. Sometime in the future. But yeah, thank you very much to Smart Nado for commenting there. And of course, if you listen to us, you may already know who they are. And if you don't, it's definitely worth checking them out. I, I do enjoy their shows. And again, more wrestling content. What do you need? Just more wrestling content. More wrestling content. Just more wrestling content is what I want. Um, also then from Lucy, Leglidon. Who? Leglidon, that's her handle. That's Leglidon. I'm doing a who, like we, like we don't know who she is. Oh, right, okay. Well, we... Well, I don't know. That's what to be fair. So Leglidon, she has let us know. It's a bit of an essay. She said, mine was last weekend at Rise England's Game of Death, weekender in Leeds in the UK. The main show of the weekend was their second Game of Death tournament, a deathmatch tournament originally scheduled for 2020, but cancelled due to COVID. Build lineup was Schlack, Casanova Valentine, Big F and Joe, Iceman, Clint Margera, Michael Caden, Danny Darko and Lou Nixon. There were some last minute change ups. Uh, to the lineup because Casanova Valentine couldn't come over because he's had a replacement for his stole. He couldn't get a replacement for his stolen passport, right. so he couldn't fly over from the US. And Clint Margera had suffered an injury. The replacements were B. A. Rose and Cameron Solis, hmm. who both absolutely smashed it. I also managed to grab an in-ring photo with the whole God lineup, which was awesome. Uh, the whole weekender was great, but my favourite match was uh, has to be Schlack versus Big F and Joe in the first round of the God tournament. It was an awesome death match to see live, and included some great spots such as Schlack's trademark light tube eating, and Joe putting Schlack through a shower door. Lots of glass, weapons, and blood. I've still got glass and thumbtacks in my boots to show for it. So I don't know if you because I have seen some of these pictures, but the the setup man for like especially these death matches, you've got like seating area, but you are basically like next, you were at the ring. Yeah, it looks it. So when, when light tubes are getting smashed, like that glass is fucking flying out everywhere. <laughs> like yeah. it really is at your own risk. And she did say, apparently like they do kind of have to give you the talk before, like, look, you're here at your own risk because mm. there's going to be light tubes and shit. So <laughs> if you, you know. I remember watching um, CCW back in the day, they would have like fencing for like these light tube death matches. Mm. Um, there was one name I did recognise was Iceman which I believe is legit Matthew from Botchamania's dad's gardener <laughs> is it actually I believe so oh my god I remember I remember years his ago his gardener I believe yeah his, his, dad, his dad his dad's gardener yeah okay because I remember on the Botchamania video he, he that's say, amazing he would say Iceman my dad's gardener when he was I hope that's a shoot I think I believe I believe it's true because I think he's even said it before <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. I love that. The um, the passport business, uh, uh, she did add a little bit more to that because apparently 
Schlack had also had his... Well, he had passport issues. I don't yeah. think it was in the same vein, but he was able to get his sorted out. But yeah, the Castanova Valentine thing got it stolen. Couldn't get it uh, replaced in time. So pretty crap. Yeah. Pretty crap. But yes, thank you very much, uh, Lucy, for that one. Again, Rise... We'll have to go ahead and try and check those out. Like you said at the start of the show as well, there's not an awful lot of deathmatch that you see here. No, but it doesn't um, feel like it. It doesn't feel like it, but it's probably knowing where to look, yeah. to be honest. I know, I've heard of Rise. If you're in that scene, then you're you're going to know. But yeah, Rise, I've not checked out an awful lot of, but I think I will. Yeah, you know, after that- our chat last week, when you'd obviously gone to WWE Live, and then I was thinking about the last time I've been, and I was like, man, you know, it's been, it's been a long time. Like, I really need to get out there and... Because Progress do theirs in a, their warehouse, and they don't. I don't think they've done. A, they don't, I don't know if they're going to do a tour soon or not. Mm. Um, ICW would be good if they could do. Yeah. Shows. It's just it's time and money. A lot of it. Uh, and knowing who the names are. I don't even mind that so much, to be honest. No, no. I mean, like you go for a good night, don't you? But... I mean, like uh, the name of the companies. Oh well, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Because it felt like the the boom. There was a boom for a long time. In the UK, for the yeah, and then yeah, there was and then maybe the speaking out and the pandemic didn't help that, but but you never know. There might be some. It was a double whammy for sure. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll get there again. We'll yeah. get there again. Well, speaking of the uh, UK, and obviously that boom that you mentioned there was was brought about in part by NXT UK. Uh, was the emergence, it <laughs> the emergence of that? Well, it wasn't. It kind of ruined it. It well, yeah, it did from the, yeah, it did from that side of things. But I, in terms of like people being able to go to the shows it obviously it was clearly drawing because yeah. they were selling out um but yeah one of them daryl lead guitarist of must kill our good friend also watched full gear with us last night and is also the man behind our little jingle but yeah uh daryl <laughs> daryl's written uh so he went to i'm just going to read it kind of how i would read it as opposed to how he's written it because uh just, well, you're supposed to read it. To well, no, he just it. likes to write shit. So he just, you know, he's just he's, he's just funny. But I don't want to get into. I don't want to start laughing. Anyway, he just said uh, that he went to NXT UK. Uh, <laughs> was good. Saw Triple Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> I That's why I didn't want to do it. Um, yeah. Anyway, Rhea Ripley won the um, UK Women's Championship. Was, so, that, was that the first? Um, first one. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> thanks, Daryl. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, he was there for that, and he didn't put it in there. But I, he, he told me a story about this, and this it is funny. I, I will say it, but I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible thing. But one of the, the the problems that they had at the show was that there was a guy next to him mm-hmm. who wasn't necessarily the most hygienic. Ah, okay. The smell and stuff and things like that. So I think... Um, that, that, yeah, but that does happen. Even- it does happen, I know. But I think that's... I, ju- I just think it's a respectful, really. I mean, really, you should respect yourself enough to, to maintain your hygiene. However, it's also a respect thing for other people that... Like, come on, man. I, d- I don't want to be... You know, like we've all got to stand or sit here for hours. Yeah, I, I don't want to have to it's different put up with a you, smell or or you rubbing your sweaty arms on me for a... I know it's different when you go to a, a music show or... Well, it is towards the end of it because it, yeah. it naturally it's going to get a bit hot and you're probably dancing and jumping around and stuff. But even then, there are some people, sometimes you show up and they, as soon as they've walked through the door, they're already a sweaty mess. So you just think, great. But yeah. I, I think I know I, it dampened his experience a little bit. But I think they, they were able to <laughs> just play on words, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, the um, 
he was able to move away from from it and enjoyed the rest of the show. So, Hang on. if I'm August twenty uh, August twenty sixth, twenty eighteen. Wow, that's gone quick. <laughs> but yeah, that would have been awesome. I think that would have been a hell of an experience. But yeah, hell of an experience. Thank you, Daryl, for jumping on that one. What was good what old was your, boy? What was your last one? Was it that? Oh, mine was WWE Live in 20... Uh, what was it? Yeah, no, it probably is. Yeah. 20, 2015. Yeah, Daryl, again, lead guitarist for the band Must Kill. UK thrash, death metal band. You should definitely check them out if you're into that scene. Hell of a guy. Massive penis. In what way? No, I mean, like, he's got a massive penis. <laughs> so... <laughs> so... I was going to say, is that staying in, but... <laughs> the show's gone off the rail. <laughs> Oh, pro wrestling roll up. We thank you very much for joining us today. You're right, Ash. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was. I thought I was going to be tired during this, but no. Nope. Oh God. We do. <laughs> we thank you very much uh, for joining us today. And if you have enjoyed the episode, and I, obviously we do hope you have, then you can find us anywhere where you get your uh, podcast from, whether that be Apple, Spotify. Amazon, wherever you go. Uh, if you are listening to us on Apple, we would appreciate the five-star review, if you can. Not a five-star frog splash. There's a lot of them, actually, full gear we didn't mention. Well, yeah, because it was Eddie's anniversary. Yeah. God, I can't believe it. 16 years. I know, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. He's still absolutely missed. But if you can, that'll be fantastic. But, uh, yeah, yeah, if you've enjoyed it, make sure to follow, subscribe, you know. We're going to be uh, putting some snippets up on YouTube as well. Sometimes I know that's a bit easier when these podcasts are quite long, so whatever works for you. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're having a great day. Mm. Well, I was going to say it's been a long one, so... It's been a long one. <laughs> we look forward to having you back with us next week. And uh, again, any anything you want to add on social media, feel free, drop in the comments and let us know. Yeah, let us know if there's another question that we want us to put out there, like we've done with the live events as well, I'd say. Yeah, or anything just in general for us yeah. to discuss, really. We can we can tap in there. Who knows what can happen on the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up? Yeah, anything can happen next time. Anything, hour. anything can happen. <laughs> anyway, I've been Russ. I've been Dick. I've been Ash. <laughs> see what you've done. We'll see you next week, everybody. You have a bloody good one, will you? Yeah. That Dick has a family. See you next week. I have many families. <laughs> I did it, I did it for the people, for the people.